Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It is episode 562, I think. Uh, thank you for being here. We do ask that uh, to help us with the show, support us any way you can. If you're already listening, you're already supporting, but if you don't mind giving a rating or review wherever you listen... Um, that would be greatly appreciated. And some big news. Uh, I guess it's big news. I think it's big news. Uh, we got nominated for the Sports Podcast Group Awards. So uh, I'll put the link in the description here. Um, I'll, I'll put it as the first link. If you go in there and click, you have to make an account, but then you can go to awards. Uh, once you make an account, go to awards shortlist, 2023 shortlist, and then go to the wilderness category, which is what we are nominated in. And then just hit the thumbs up, and then let us know that you uh, you did it, and we'll enter you in a giveaway just for supporting us. It's a little initiative to get you to go through it. So um, we'll see. I don't know. I think it's more of a mainstream thing. We're in there with a bunch of granola. granola um, <laughs> let me go back. I'll tell you. We're in there with a bunch of granola people, I guess. So once you go to wilderness, it's like I think we're the only hunting-related one, which is cool, right? We made it. Oh, uh, there's a fish, uh, wild fishing game podcast. So that's pretty cool. So it's a hunting and fishing one. So we're not we're not on our own in there, but uh, we pretty much are. So go down there, hit vote, and uh, let us know you did, and we'll enter you in a giveaway. Um, other things that are coming up this weekend. Right now, we're on our way to the open season Sportsman's Expo in Columbus, Ohio. We will be there all weekend, of course. Come by, show that you're subscribed to the show. And we'll enter you in a giveaway. It's free. That's really all you have to do. And if you're not, just come by and we'll get you hooked up. We are booth 113. We are next to Whitetail Adrenaline right across from Novik's Tree Stands. I believe it's the same exact spot we were in last year if you were at the show last year. So coming out, looking forward to seeing you. And then next weekend, we are going to be Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, the Open Season Expo. Uh, Sorry about my phone. Booth 823 there. Um, so come see us. I think we're in the same spot, also next to Whitetail Adrenaline. Chase Nation will be right across from us, and if that's 
you know, the guests on our show today, and then pull back and let go with the horror drawer themselves will be just at the end right across from the bar. So two awesome shows coming up. Following weekend will be in Illinois. Come out and see us. We appreciate it if you did. Uh, I'm just going to cut the biz on this one, and uh, thank you guys for being here. The podcast is presented by Elite Archery. If you guys have not went and seen the new era, the new carbon bow from Elite, check it out. It That thing's bad. Doug, Doug's just came in. And that bow is sweet. So the the Omnia, of course, is badass. The era is it's a new era, man, of carbon bows. You gotta check it out. Um podcast also brought to you by Big Time. Um we are gonna be with Big Time at the Illinois show. We're the dealer at that show coming up in a couple weeks, but they will also be at Wisconsin. Um not right next to us like they are at most of the shows, but go out there and see Joe. We do have the BYOB blends for sale at the shows. So build, build your own blend. You can make your own, or you can buy one of the WCB crew's pre-selected blends and uh, do that if you don't feel like thinking it or if you trust us. That'd be cool, too. Um, some of us know what we're talking about. Uh, podcast also, oh, Code for Big Time, WCB 2023. Um, and the podcast also brought to you by Huntworth, Huntworth Gear, Um I think some of the best camo patterns out there. Tarnin, the new Heat Boost series, uh, 30% warmer. It's awesome stuff, man. I've been using it from, we've used it from mountain lions in the snow in Wyoming to South Africa to Mexico to whitetails here in the Midwest. It's it's good, good stuff. Use code WCB15 to get yourself into some Huntworth stuff. Test it out with one of the hoodies we love so much or a jacket and then see what you like and then come back and... Um, Try some other gear out. I really think you'll love it. It's great stuff, great company to work with, and it's a good value. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Scent Crusher. We rock a Scent Crusher closet here at the studio when we have guests stay in during hunting camp. Even then, we don't even have a shower. So if your clothes get kind of stanky, run a 10-minute cycle, and you're ready to go. It really does work. I don't think that it's – I mean, maybe it's debatable that ozone's kind of like this witchcraft thing, but we've used it, We've we've been using it, and we do believe in it. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Spy Point Trail Cameras. The Flex um, is a very easy to set up uh, cell cam. You really don't have to do any thinking. It does formatting over the air. Put your lithium batteries in there, and you're good to go. Um, check them out. Spy Point. Get into the Flex. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Camofire Revolving Deals. Uh, right now, I'm on Camofire.com. They're reloading new deals in 12 and a half hours. And what I like about it is you never know what you're going to find on Camofire. It's a great way to save up for those upcoming hunting trips. So right now, they have ground blinds coming into turkey season, different knives, uh, butcher knives, pack knives, all sorts of stuff, uh, camping stuff. So it's not really just like primarily a hunting only website. You know, a lot of people like to hunt and fish and camp that are in our uh, realm of interest. And they even have fishing stuff on here. I haven't seen fishing stuff on Camo Fire yet. So um, that's coming in. T-shirts, all sorts of stuff, gun safes, everything. Um, some of these up to 60% off. Revolving deals, they change every day. Um, so you can get in there, save some coin, and start saving up uh, products as you go along for your next hunting trip. So check out CamelFire.com. Uh, Thermoseat, it's a D-Wedge season coming up. Turkeys, coyote calling, all that. You can use code WCTS. Get yourself into a Thermoseat. Podcast also brought to you by Dialed Archery, the new Arxos. Did you hear the recent podcast with Scott talking about everything dialed? Um, 
We got some fun stuff coming with Dial. I'm really looking forward to that partnership. And you can use code WORKINGCLASS, all caps, to save free shipping on your dialed site when you make your order. Uh, Victory Archery. Of course, I'm shooting the RIP TKOs. I'm still... Every time I podcast with them, I say I'm going to change arrows, and I don't. And I'm still... I don't know if I'm going to. I love my RIP TKOs so much. Um, we'll see. I'm getting some... The, the Omnia and the Arab bows set up, and I don't know if I'm going to run the same arrow or different arrows for each setup. I, I don't know yet. I haven't decided, but Victory has an arrow for everyone, whether traditional archery to target archery to hunting. Um, they have it all. So check out Victory Archery. And Grizzly. Grizzly hunting blinds, Grizzly coolers, Grizzly drinkware. We like it all. If you uh, if you ever want to check out a Grizzly in action, just come to our booth at any trade show. I bet you those coolers get opened and closed more than any other cooler at the whole show. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but we use and abuse our Grizzly gear. Uh, we hunt out of the blinds. Their new blind is badass. The whole thing's one big molded piece instead of having plywood on the bottom and everything else be molded around it. Um, but the Grizzly drinkware and the coolers, we run those babies through the ringers. Uh, they're tried and true and tested by the WCB crew. And uh, so check them out. You can use code WCB, save your money, store uh, yourself some money store-wide across Grizzly. Uh, that'll do it for the intro, and we'll get into it. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening to me ramble, and thank you for the support. Run, run, run. Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Paul Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. It's really, really not that good. Welcome to the podcast, Working Class Bow Hunter. Kurt Guy here. Doug Schmidt. Sam Ubel. Right around. Keep going, boys. Travis Kissel. Matt Hazel. Todd Anderson. We're all in here tearing it up now. We just ate at the depot in New Windsor. Shout out to the depot. Good food. Great food. Yeah. And thank awesome. you, boys, for making the haul from the great land of Wisconsin. That's right. The good land. We like our people in Wisconsin. <laughs> big fans. Big, yeah. big fans. We should of ours. say the of same about Illinois. <laughs> Hey, listen, we know. Don't come here hunting then. That's no, cool. Hey, I, don't. You got me. <laughs> if you hate it so much, no. stay in your own state when you hunt. No, no. I know. I, no, it, We're kidding. We draw a line. So lots to unpack in this episode, boys. We're going to have some. This could be an emotional roller coaster, I think. We're going to have a lot of fun, hopefully. Sam, what do you got on your brain? You're calculating some stuff. What's oh, up? Yeah, well, I was just trying to remember what all the uh, doctor, you know, doctor rhetoric, uh, rhetoric was. Yeah, you know, all the fancy words. Rhetoric. Yeah, I saw you're like calculating right away. I'm like, oh shit, he's going deep right off the <laughs> roof. We're doing this. <laughs> no, I wasn't falling off the edge just yet. But I hear you. Yeah. Well, let's do this first. 
Um, since the last time you guys have been on, we have a lot more new listeners, and I'm sure some are already familiar with you guys. But if they're not, who are you guys and what is Chase Nation? Sure. So, um, well, the three of us are part of a larger team. Chase Nation is... Uh, we are a hunting show that was founded in 2016. Um, our whole team, other than one of us, is uh, based in Wisconsin in kind of the Quad County area, southeastern Wisconsin. Um, we got another gentleman down in Tennessee in uh, in the foothills. Um, is that a lurker out there, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's his doc talker. He's got he's got the southern drawl and mm-hmm. and quite the personality. Um, big buck killer. I think we've met him at a show before in the past. Oh yeah, yeah, probably you, Deerfest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used. To, I think we used to chat with him like on the interwebs quite a bit. I'm sure you have back in the day. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and and most of what we do, we've got four different show series. We've got Taste of the Wild, which is um, our favorite cooking recipes that we film, um, uh, ways to prepare wild game and and wild caught fish, um, and then we've got. Uh, campfire stories which gives everybody on our team a chance to tell their version of a a story behind a successful hunt you know when when the team goes out and films uh, and they send in their footage you know i i get to put together a storyline for them but we don't always capture every single pinnacle aspect of the story you Mm -hmm. know and um the cameras are rolling a lot of the time but they don't capture everything so so for them to be able to tell their story it it, it shares some of the details and the complexity behind what went into the hunt what 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 you took away from it mm-hmm. um and then we also utilize a lot of um the never before seen footage so stuff that didn't make it to the final cut but you know because it, it didn't have a place to make the storyline look a certain way for the entertainment purposes of of our of our short films or episodes that we produce but they're really great shots, and they and they captured, uh, you know, highlighted a moment in that hunt or part of that story, um, and we'll overlay that in those campfire stories, which always take part in front of some sort of flame. Mm-hmm. Like I said, so like Matt, what was that wood burning stove? Yeah, he heats his house stuff. with a yeah. big wood burning stove that's outside. It was what sub thirty negative negative thirty degree wind yeah. chill, negative ten degree standing that temp, was freezing, and we filmed that whole story outside while he told his story. Um, we filmed Travis here at, uh, his dad's shop where we butcher deer. I think there was deer hanging both times Yeah, and they got a wood burning stove in there we get that thing cranked up and you know, that's our, that's our campfire mm-hmm. and we've done some around a campfire. We've even done, um, you know, it doesn't matter if there's a candle, whatever, as long as there's some sort of something burning, it's gotta have that element, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, uh, and then we've got unscripted adventures, which is, um, our normal show. Um, and we're in our seventh season right now. And then finally, um, we've got uh, visual storytellers, which is our short film series, which, um, you know, like right now you've got, uh, a couple of our latest here, the dust off project. Um, we do some work with HHA USA, um, and produce, uh, films for our veterans and first responders who are dealing with PTSD and use hunting in the outdoors, um, and, and archery in general mm-hmm. as a uh, an escape um, to uh, combat the silent killer that is PTSD. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, but those aren't the only short stories. We we do a lot of short films mm-hmm. um, in general, but but you know those are some of the the more popular ones. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you guys are killing. It. It's keeping you busy. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It's 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 unreal. Um, and in fact, you know, like not to get too deep in the weeds with it, but this has been a weird year. Um, and I'll just say right off the bat, 
you know, I've been going through divorce. So what normally would have me buried in my computer editing every other day, um, there was a, with, with the hunting season in full swing, um, things got a little hairy for a bit and I kind of took a couple months off of editing. Mm-hmm. So really slowed down the production schedule quite a bit, but, um, just started getting back into the swing of things and I've got multiple, uh, IMAX in different locations so wherever I am Mm -hmm. uh, I can pretty much edit I just got to bring my hard drives with me yeah Mm -hmm. back into it does that did that break help you you think or is it just like did you miss it or are you itching during your break or like you know what I mean you know so I used to play a lot of music and 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 play at open mic nights and stuff and I'd write songs and I'd go and perform them the night that I would write the song and then I'd literally forget how I, any of the words or how I played it. Cause I'm self-taught on a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would find myself getting into something I, I always called a writer's cramp and I'm sure it's pretty well, you know, used. Um, but it's just like that with editing. Sometimes you do it so much and you go so hard at it, you know, you're, um, you, you just need a, a moment to, to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise it kind of sucks some of the fun out of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got such a passion for editing almost as much as I do filming, which is almost as much as I do hunting. You know, I could, I could go, it don't really matter to me if I'm the one behind the bow or behind the camera. Um, and when it comes to editing, I I have just as much passion for that as I do hunting and filming. So it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, like I, 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 you guys know, I'm a big musky fisherman Mm -hmm. and I got my guides license and I thought about guiding when I was uh, right out of college before I really jumped into a career job. And, uh, I was warned against it. It's like, if you really love what you do, don't make it a job. And I thought, well, I, I think love... that's shitty advice. Yeah. I was like, well, man, I, I really love musky fish and I wouldn't mind doing it every day. And, and... That's someone who can't do what they yeah. love for their job yeah. is telling you that. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I'm talking to a lot of guides and I'm friends with a lot of guides out there and, they're like, yeah, you know, it, it, it can really run you down at the end of the season, but you're ready to jump right back into the seat of that, you know, right back into that seat um, when, you know, winter rolls around, it's springtime, it's time to start casting again. Are you ready to get back in the boat? The only thing that might drive you nuts is sitting there watching clients cast instead of you. And it's obviously that's different. I mean, that's fishing, but with editing, man, I don't know. I, I do some weird hours. You know, I edit from, say, 11 at night till 2 or 3 in the morning that kind of eats you up a little bit and you got to get up and go to work and be a dad and take care of a house and do it all over again the next night until that mm-hmm. project's done. Yeah. So it eventually kind of, it wore, it's, I mean, between that and the divorce, you know, it really ate me up a bit. So, but I'm ready. I'm, I'm back into it. Yeah. Good, and man. I've been editing pretty much every, 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 every other day, I guess for the last At night, like you're 11 to two. Oh man, it's been better. I've been, I'll wake up sometimes. I got an idea of what I want to do and I'll jump right in the morning before I go to work or I'll go exercise and then I'll edit for an hour and then go to work and then edit when I get back. It's kind of all over the place now. Mm. Dude, I used to edit late at night because I didn't want to keep, you know, my kids would be waiting for me to get home from work. So I'd come home, spend time with the kids. Then I'd spend time with the wife, and then I'd lay down and wait for her breathing to change. I could tell she was falling asleep, and you know, maybe your body convulses a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, cool, she's asleep. And you roll out of bed, and you go downstairs to the editing studio, and you just crank one out until about like 2, 3 in the morning. And I'll post on our staff page something like, hey, guys, take a peek at this. Any audio blips or anything weird catch your eye, let me know because I'm – damn tired mm-hmm. you know and then the next morning i'll read some of their feedback and that's kind of the schedule i was on um but now i don't really have to worry about that weird schedule you know mm-hmm. kind of 
a little bit easier now. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I was curious, like the editing stuff. It's like uh, for me, I feel like my brain now my my schedule with the family doesn't allow me to do certain things. But I feel like I'm more productive at night than I am like that. My brain moves quicker and like fires more on point later in the afternoon than it does like during the day. So, dude, I'm not I'm not into like um, I'm not a gamer. But I I have when I was younger, you know, you play a video game and you're trying to beat a level, you know, and you just can't beat it. And you just keep going and going and going and you just start getting worse. And then you take like an hour break and then you go right back to it. And it's like the first stab you beat it. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Why couldn't I do that the first time through? You know, because <laughs> yeah. your thumbs are all sweaty. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes <laughs> I'll, run, I'll run into a cramp with editing and I'm like, boy, I just I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the music that I'm using or or I just can't picture what I want to do next. And uh and then your brain gets a little fuzzy and you're rough cutting and you know you you look i tell you guys i say press record and don't stop recording until like you know everything is said and done and that could be a 10 minute 20 minute clip Mm -hmm. and now you got to run through that 10 or 20 minutes you got to you got to scrub it and you got to look for little pinnacle moments that like visually aesthetically you know might look like something you want to place into the film but you don't even know what the sound is because you're fast forward scrubbing so after you do that and you blade it and you got all these little segments, you go like, okay, I got to go back and check this, check that, check that. Now you're using the audio too, and you're making sure that it jives. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't, so you just take those visuals and then you save them, and then you delete the rest of the stuff, and then you place them in certain places, you know, spots on the timeline of what you're building there, your storyline, and then you take audio from a different clip and then you kind of put that in the background, mm-hmm. and nobody really knows the difference, but yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Travis, you can just drink beer, dude, and just like continue as normal. I'm not. Try- I'm not trying to like. I appreciate you like being a gentleman, but was he was he opening his beer? He opened it slow and like looked around. Crack it open in the mic. <laughs> yeah, own it, dude. Will Ferrell. In the- yeah, just Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, no, you can uh, you can just do your thing, man. It's all good. Um, no, that's awesome. Like I like seeing how people like think about like their their own creative process and stuff like that. And like I value. In the outdoor space, especially because I'm in it, I value people with original content made from scratch, kind of like what you guys are doing. There's a lot of people that do it. I don't value. I talk about this a lot, and and I'm not talking about one team or project or whatever, but so many people do it. Like I call it like it's like meme stealing. Mm. They're like taking clips from movies, and that's like their content. That's not real content to me. That's a a cop out. I can't even. Use so like our reels on Instagram or you know any any of our reels or, or little short films. I don't use any templates. I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to anybody that uses it, but I just can't because it's just it's not mine. It's what your end goal is. You know, it's like if you want the cheap likes and shares and of you know like you know we could I could easily there we go. I'll take that clip of you doing the Will Ferrell thing and then we'll cut to the movie right. clip of Will Ferrell doing it. It's not really my content to use that way. No. That's not how I look at it. But it'll get a lot of likes. It'll get a lot of shares because Will Ferrell's in it. It's yep. funny. It's easy, funny, and it didn't take a lot of thought, and you can crank them out. But, I, don't, I would rather have less likes and less engagement on something and have fewer people but dig it from content that was made from shit we actually did. Exactly. Dude, it's never for me it's so much been about like how I want to build my subscribers. Of course I want subscribers on YouTube to grow faster, right? But I'm not able to 
crank out content at a consistent rate where I'm like, okay, every week we're going to launch two videos. We, we just don't do it. We don't do it full time. I mean, it feels like it, you know, it might be yeah. 20, 30, 40 hours in a, in a, in a week sometimes in, in moonlighting, but it's not a full time thing. So we just mm-hmm. can't keep up with that pattern. So then you start thinking, okay, well, what else can I do to really up my numbers? And what you start doing the research and the algorithms, how they work, and it, a lot of times it comes down to viral music. You go to TikTok, right, and, or or just the reels on Instagram, and there's these recommended songs that you can put, right? You won't find any of our content with those popular songs mm-hmm. just to get them to go higher up on, like, the suggested, you know, news feed or whatever yeah. for the public. No. Mm-hmm. I always, I always, you know, TikTok, how that works. You got you to gotta pick a song, but you have to control the volume of the original video. And then you have the volume of the song that you pick. Mm-hmm. I always just silence the song in the background. I could care less. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, it's yeah. always it's always whatever I have licensed music for. And mm-hmm. That's what I use, and I know it's not going to fetch as many views, and that's fine. Yeah, but when somebody watches it, I think they'll appreciate it. You dial into your core, like you know what your real audience is. Yeah, every song that I pick, I spend so much time. I need music that fits the mold of whatever that vibe is, and I'm trying that sensation. I'm trying to draw or evoke out of people when they watch the content it's mm-hmm. all about if you can draw emotion out of somebody it doesn't matter if it's anger happiness sadness whatever kind of emotion if you can pull some sort of feeling out of somebody that's watching your content then you're winning mm-hmm. but a lot of times in order to, to create a vibe you need to have the right music um and i take that really seriously so i spend a lot of time uh picking the music and then my transitions from clip to clip i do such precise timing you know there's a there's not I don't know if there's a written rule, but if you look at like the sound bars and you you get you zoom in real close, you look for where like the sound is about to hit like a bass drop, right? Or there's mm-hmm. a beat change. And then you always time it to make the clip change about a fraction, like maybe I don't know, a quarter millisecond right be or like a millisecond before that beat change. You want the clip to start changing before, otherwise it's late. The timing's late. I spend so much time like getting down to the nitty gritty detail of that, mm-hmm. and nobody really ever, nobody watching it would ever appreciate that unless you hear me tell you that I, I yeah, spend yeah, time yeah. doing. It. It's just so like if I'm if I'm watching one of like something I produced, we got a crew of people watching it. I, I I can't like personally I can't stand when people get distracted and start talking about something else because I'm like you're gonna miss this part <laughs> you're gonna you, miss you, the drop. you don't understand this is really a <laughs> pinnacle part but nobody nobody knows so it's hard to appreciate it as much yeah you know? I I think people like it and appreciate it they just might not appreciate like they just don't see that it took you that much more work yeah, of, yeah. yeah they're they're not gonna appreciate it the same way that you're gonna appreciate it because they don't know how what you did and how you did it they just hear it and know that it's good dude if you have ever waited tables um and then you go to a restaurant you're constantly because i I waited tables for like eight years and bartended and every time i go to a restaurant i'm paying attention to how the server or the waitress is is taking care of us like oh i wouldn't have done it that way and it's it's like in my it's ingrained in my head like how you should go about the business of waiting tables right so how do you relate that to to this well as like a a film creator producer you start watching movies or somebody else's content and you think about oh i know exactly what you know what they're using for the transition or you know you just you can kind of conceptualize or get into their head Mm -hmm. and it might be annoying to like say my girlfriend or something because i'll be talking about it out loud 
you know, yeah. and it might be ruining the <laughs> the vibe yeah. of the movie or whatever. Cause she'd be like, can you, can we just watch this and have fun? And I'm like, no, watch but the movie. you see how they did the lighting right here. I bet you they had like lights up here and over there <laughs> just to get the shadows right. She's so like, you're way cares? more analytical about it. I'm just a douchebag when I watch movies. I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. It's like, <laughs> it's that's like, not it's, possible. It's why I don't watch movies, man. I can't just like enjoy them. It's like, dude, relax, man. It's, it's just right. a seventh shot a revolver. Never going to happen. He's like, that. nope, that didn't happen. Not real. That guy should be dead. <laughs> but you know what? In order to have like a really good film team like these guys, so if they sit over my shoulder and watch how I edit, they can you know conceptualize when they're filming what to capture and how to capture it. Just is something as simple as um, how you end a clip. So if you're recording and somebody's walking by you and you're sitting there real steady with the camera and you're and you're not moving, and they walk through and then right at the last second after they come out, they move out of frame, then you swing the camera towards them and then stop the clip. And if you don't, that's fine because I'm going to blade the clip right there and then I'm going to move it into another clip that starts from the right side mm. and then starts moving left. So it's a it's a natural transition, yeah. you know, from one clip to the next. Or something moving up, and then I cut it, and then the next clip is a different scene where the camera is maybe moving up. Mm, you know what I, I mean? Yeah. And even, so like even color. A viewer won't notice it. It seems seamless. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it wasn't smooth, you'd be like, ah, oh, that was... Like, how'd you get to this scene? Yeah. It like, brings you right into the next cut. That makes sense. Well, like, I'm in a hallway. Um, in this film I'm doing right now with a veteran, and he's walking down this corridor, and he gets really close to the lens, and, the, and, he, and everything just blacks out. I cut it right there. And then I open up to another scene where, you know, it's like him pulling an arrow out of the target, but it's really dark. And then he pulls the arrow out and you're like, holy crap, how did you go from walking into the camera to pulling an arrow out of a target? Mm -hmm. You know, but it's a natural, seamless transition without it using any fancy downloaded transitions. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. I like it. So that helps these guys when they're filming. Giving away all your shit. Oh, yeah, man. This is all all part of filmmaking, dude. (laughs) And, like, these guys are always running their cameras, and they kind of get a sense of what to look for, what when to record, when not to, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, we got some stories to get into. Hunting story. I I don't even really know. So you started to tell me the story, and I'm like, well, if we're doing a podcast, I don't want to know the story. I do, but I want to wait until we go. So... That's something I think we do a good job on with our guests. It's exciting, and I want to know the stories. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll wait on hunting buddies. Like, like Chase Ralston killed that caribou a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he was like, dude, I want to do the story. I'm like, well, you're going to be in the studio in like two weeks. I'm yeah. sorry. I would just love to hear it. it now, but just wait. So I don't have to pretend. Yeah. No kidding. You oh, know? my God. Like, you did that? So you went through some shit this season. I don't know where this story actually starts, but I just know I for sure want to talk about it. Yeah, so there was um, a nine one one emergency um, that happened. That was the first time in my hunting career that I've ever had to call nine one one. I've been in some hairy situations um, most of the time. I think all three of the most nerve wracking occasions that I've had hunting have happened in Minnesota. Two of them down uh, this particular river. Uh, one of the times with Travis here this year, we were in Minnesota uh, shotgun hunting. We went down the river. Um, and the river was too shallow. There was no way we were paddling back upstream. There's just no way. We had too many miles to go. So we were kind of, you know, down shit creek without a paddle. Kind of one of those situations, cold as hell. We weren't dressed properly. It's starting to rain. It's getting dark. So that was a hairy situation. I went back for muzzleloader season. Um, vale is one of our um, sponsors, one of our partners, mm-hmm. Vale Camo. And they took us on an outfitted hunt. I've never, ever hunted with an outfitter before my entire life. Don't know what to expect. Um, 
they treated us really, really well. They put us up in um, some some pre-hung sets that were out on some farms that they lease. Um, and we we were seeing a lot of deer, but we just weren't seeing bucks, you know, not the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, it was like the second to last day. Um, and they're like, hey, you know what? I got an idea of a stand in a, in a kind of a special spot. We haven't really put a lot of people. Um, we're going to stick you and Steve. Steve Jeffries on my team. You guys go and sit these two uh, stands. So um, the outfitter took our phones and then put pins on the GPS coordinates, um, you know, on, on mm-hmm. X and said, here's your stand. Um, and then he marked a couple of waypoints and said, just try to stick to these waypoints. That'll kind of, because we're going to be walking in in the dark, that'll keep you out of the water and probably the cleanest path to get there. I say, all right. So we get to this farm, this uh, this big sheep farm. And there's a pasture, and he drives us in on this UTV. And we go about a mile back. Um, we cross this river. And then he says, okay, this is where you guys get off. You know, Sam, you're going to go that way. Steve, you're going to go that way. So Steve gets to hiking. He's got about a mile and a half hike. I've got about a mile and a half hike. And we go, so it's this big finger and this big ridge hub. And this is southeast Minnesota. It's it's real bluffy, mm-hmm. like 1,200 footers. Um and I go in this kind of, it's kind of like a canyon is what it feels like. If you just visualize that, I mean, mm-hmm. it's nowhere near like canyon, you know, depths. Right. But that kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Steve's on the other side. And I bet you we're a mile away from each other as the crow flies. We got out there way pre-dawn because we had a long walk. Uh, we sat all day long. Um, we were in these um, blinds that were like, you know, I don't even know what the brand was, but they were like cloth walls. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like like semi-hard sided yeah, blind or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and so the reason there's a reason I'm bringing that up and, and I'll get to it, but it it has everything to do with I'm sure they're built like that to keep warmth in, but it has everything to do with sound. So just remember mm-hmm. that oh, part. Oh, so it's a hard shell blind. It's a soft shell, but it's oh. insulated. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. You know, it's yeah. kind of got those diamond insulated uh that pattern. Yep. So, um, I guess Steve was seeing deer all day long. I saw one little baby, uh, doe that was the only deer I had seen. Um, I went through all my food, which, you know, the outfitter sends you out with a sandwich. There's some candy in there, like a granola bar. Um, I brought a, you know, big bottle of water and then, uh, I bought like a, I don't know, like a protein shake thing at the gas station that morning on the way. So that's what I walked in with. I had gone through everything, and um, there was these little heaters on uh, these canisters of propane. I burned through mine. I was freezing. It was 12 degrees, and I just couldn't stay warm. I think I sweat so much walking in there. You know when that sweat yeah, dries? Yeah, Shit, it was cold. Um, at the last 20 minutes of daylight, um, a decent buck came out, and I was like, oh, man. You know, it's, it's big enough. It's the biggest one I've seen this whole trip. Um, so I threw a few grunts at him and he ended up coming in on a string. My camera, my main camera battery had died. So at this point I used my cell phone and I used like, if this was, um, my camera on the tripod and I had a shotgun mic over it, Mm -hmm. I just wedged my camera, like my phone like this between the top lens Mm -hmm. and then the bottom of the shotgun mic just to hold it. Yeah. And that's what I was recording with at this point. Um, the buck comes in and I shoot the deer now, I'm using a muzzle loader. I've got a really steep ridge on my right and on my left. 
and I've got all my windows closed in this blind except for like two because I wanted to let the least amount of light in as yeah, possible. Yeah, normal and, blind stuff. And I was trying to preserve warmth. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I don't know if it was the reverb off the ridges or off the walls of this blind, but I definitely, if anybody's going to ask, everybody always asks me this. Yes, the muzzle was outside of the blind when I shot, mm-hmm. right? But when that cap that that cap gets hit, that that's right inside of the blind. That's just right on the inside of that window. And it was louder than hell. But, you know, the adrenaline, you don't really think of it. You don't feel it. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I shot the deer. I see it crash. I turn the camera and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm so excited. I'm acting like this is a 160, 170-inch deer. It's not even that big, but I'm just so excited because it's been such a deerless day. Um, and, you know, my camera battery died. I'm filming this this with my phone. And then all of a sudden, everything just started spinning. And I couldn't. I couldn't figure out why, but like, I remember everything was going left. So my phone is sitting here recording me. The whole camera's turned around facing me and it's just moving like that. And I'm stunned and I can't, I can't figure out why this has got to happen while I'm recording. And then just out of nowhere, I just faint and go down. And I must have hit the tripod because my phone, while it was recording, apparently fell off. And hit hit the ground too. I don't know how long it must have been, you know, twenty or thirty seconds, and then I kind of came to, and I started like like feeling around in the dark. Um, at this point, you know, it's shades of blue kind of coming around. You know, it's getting darker out, and mm-hmm. I sit up and I'm looking out of the window, and the branches look like a pencil sketch, like somebody drawing in, in slanted lines. I could not. I could not make out the contour edges of a branch or a tree out out of that window. Wow! So I'm I'm rubbing my eyes and I'm like, man, is my vision so bad? And then I start spinning again, and at this time it got really bad, like it was blinding. Um, I started to freak out a little bit because I knew this wasn't going to go away. So I thought, hey, you know what? I better try to get out and walk out of here back to that meeting rendezvous spot because if I don't, I don't know how long it's going to take for them to come find my ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had no no cell service. No cell service, no. I had that SOS on the top right of the screen. Yeah, yeah. So I climb out. Mind you, this is an elevated uh, blind. It's about six feet up. So I go down this, this ladder, and it's awful. Do you remember this part? You remember? I remember this part. Here's where it gets foggy. So I only made it, I was hunting right by a creek. I only made it like 10 yards. And I remember looking down and I was stumbling and I had my arms out like this. I left everything in the blind. And I must have hit a tree. I don't remember what it was, but the only thing I could think of is a tree because I ran into something and it knocked me down. And when I fell down, I fell half into this creek. I was wet. Holy shit. now I'm on my hands and knees. I got fingerless gloves on. I left my mittens in there. I don't know where they are. I'm, I'm just, this is bad. So I start crawling on my hands and knees, and I'm looking for the blind, and I can't see the fucking blind anymore because it's so dark. So I start going the wrong yeah. way, and I stop, and I'm just sitting up, and I'm looking around. Just I'm so bad right now. I start screaming like, Steve, you know, as loud as I can. It's echoing. So I know it's loud, but he's so damn far away. Yeah, yeah true. So... And that sound is probably not getting out of where oh, you're at. There's it's no way. Just like, like I said, these are 1,200 footers. There's no way it's getting over that ridge into the round. It's not. It's just not going to reach them. Yeah. So um, at this point, I started to get really, really 
scared. It was anxiety bad. Uh, I was so cold. I can't even explain what that felt like. And then not being able to see, uh, it was a combination of the blindness from the dizzy feeling and then also how dark it was. And finally, I saw like one of those lats of the stairs or the, you know, the stairs of the ladder. So I just started crawling towards that and I just sort of got myself up there and then hurled myself in through that, that door and I just laid there and I started looking in my pockets. Where's my phone? And then, uh, I remembered I was filming. So I started like trying to like guide my hands up the tripod Mm -hmm. and it wasn't on top of the camera anymore. So now I'm freaking out. Like, did I grab my phone before? I'm so confused. Yeah. Thought you lost it. I thought I lost. Maybe it's outside. And then I just was laying on my back and I put my hand down and I put my hand right on my phone and I'm like, Oh, thank God. I looked at it and it, you know, SOS. And I thought, you know what? As cold as I am right now and as bad off as I am literally blind. I just, I just hit nine one one and put the phone up to my ear and this guy answered and I couldn't believe it. It was like uh, emotions like flooding through me. And I said, I think I'm dying. Like, I don't know what's going on if I'm having like an aneurysm or something, but I need help. I need it really bad. And he goes, where are you? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> Holy shit, like, dude, dude. The outfitter drove me to this farm, you know, I, I got a pin on my phone. I can't hardly see straight. I barely was able to dial 911. And then we got disconnected. Oh, shit. So I call it back and I get the same guy. I'm like, oh, it's you. It's you. I said, I, I need I need help. And he goes, are you by a creek? And I said, yeah, how did you know that? And he goes, I got you on GPS. And I'm like, thank God. He's, I said, because I, I can't tell you what county I'm in. I don't even know. I have no idea. Um, and then I just started going dark and I said, hey, I'm, I'm lo, 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 and then I just lost it and I fainted again. I woke up to him yelling and I could hear him in the phone. And so I put it up to my ear and he goes, Sam, are you there? Are you there? And I said, yes, I'm here. And he goes, where'd you go? And I said, I think I fainted. And he said, put that phone on speaker and put it on your chest. So if you drop it, you don't drop it again. Oh, shit. So I put it on speaker, put it on my chest. It was a little over two hours um, and search and rescue found me. Uh, I guess I thought there was two women and Steve and the outfitter. But I guess there was 30 people there. Um, No kidding. There was a bunch of firemen there. There was like at least 10 or 12 firemen, um, three uh, UTV vehicles, um, a handful of paramedics, police officers, search and rescue folks. It was insane. Uh, These two women came in, and one put my head between, like, her knees and then kind of kept my head steady, and the other one was kneeling down by my legs. And uh, I remember um, I grabbed her by her legs, and I was, like, holding on, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, um, I'm sorry if I'm touching you inappropriately. I don't know what I'm touching right now because I can't see. And she was like, it's all right. uh, Sorry, the reason I'm getting emotional is... um, Uh, so mm, when you think that it, get, it got real bad, so my body temperature was 93.8. So Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine how scared you'd be. Yeah, like, what's, the, what's your body supposed to be, 90, <clears throat> 98? Doug, you're an engineer, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Engineer the, the engineer of the body. <laughs> yeah, that's common knowledge. So I guess. Sorry, Sam. We're trying. No, I'm trying to it's, keep it's all right. No, it's good, Doctor. man. I need. I need to laugh for a minute. Doug's an idiot. No. Um, <laughs> What's your body temperature supposed to be? It's like <laughs> the the nine one one call. Um, 
I left a lot of details out, but you know, yeah. I didn't know what was going on with me, so I thought I might have been dying for well, real. Yeah, so for sure. Your dude. body's shutting down. Um, I could feel my breathing was getting weird. Um, it, it's hard to explain what happens when your body is in a hypothermic state, but basically, when you get so cold, um, you know, you shake, you get this chills, and your body is trembling. Mm-hmm. When your body stops trembling, it's giving up, and now it's pulling it from other extremities. And we were at that level. Uh, how how long from? And maybe you don't know, or maybe you do know now from the shot until two and a half hours total from the the first call and everything to when they got there. From the shot, from when they got to me, it was like two and a half hours. Damn. Um, but I was telling, you know, the the sad stuff, you know, we can kind of leave out. But, it, you no, know, I mean, there what, was whatever the, you want to go into. Yeah. Man. Well, I just I mean, it's the, the obvious stuff. You know, I got two little ones at home. And yeah, um, so I was trying to get all my wishes out, you know, to the operator because you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I literally thought I was dying. I didn't know what was happening to me, but it mm-hmm. felt like my body is stopping. I'm, I'm going to die. I need you to tell my son this, my daughter that. Um, so you go through all of those uh, Damn. those messages. Uh, Steve got to me, and I I had hung up with the uh, operator because we had all the emergency crew there. And uh, I told him a couple of people I needed him to make phone calls to just to let him know. One of them was my girlfriend, just to let her know what the hell was going on. Mm. Um, and, you know, you're basically you're apologizing for something that you can't control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I can't talk to you, or I wasn't able to talk to you in case this happens. Um, The long and short of it is I didn't die. I'm still here talking about it. But what they did was they uh, got me out on a stretcher or whatever they're called, the back brace thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called. They put me up on the roof racks of one of the UTVs, strapped me in real tight, and there was a fireman on my one side and a fireman on the other side. And then you have to cross two creeks on this drive out of here. Um Going across, being on the roof, dizzier than hell and nauseous and and so cold, um, it was sickening because you're rocking. Yeah. Going across the creeks, there's a lot of big stones. And then as the tires hit pressure on those stones, they push those stones into weird positions and it makes the kind of the UTV rock in different positions and the shocks, everything about it was just nauseating. Were you? Were, do you remember a lot of the ride out? I remember the whole thing. You do. I was puking like mad. I I think I threw up six or seven times. Oh, and you're no you're kidding. puking in your own mouth, and it's in my beard, and my beard was a lot longer, and I can't spit it out all of it. Yeah. And so I start gurgling, and the fireman has to recognize that, and then they need to tell the driver to stop, and then they need to unstrap you, then they need to push you over on the side to drain you out, and then oh, they push you back, and all this. It's 12 degrees outside, and this shit's freezing into my beard. Ugh. I got puke all oh, over me. That's crazy. Um, I was so cold that I started to feel hot. And and they put me in the ambulance when we got back to the farm, and they covered me with all these heated blankets and these hot packs. And they did so much of it so fast that it was overwhelming. So do you know when your hands are so cold and you wash them under hot water, how mm-hmm. bad that hurts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your whole body does that. And I started like oh my gosh. sweating profusely. My body was still, at this point, it was 94 degrees. Um, but I was so hot in that moment on the exterior, I was just yelling like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to faint again. I'm so hot. I'm so hot. So they start tearing blankets off, and they're like, we need to get clothes off. They're like, oh, my God, how many layers are you wearing? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I can't even talk. Yeah. 
And they're like, sir, we're going to have to, can we move you to get the stuff off? And I'm like, no, like, don't move my body. And they're like, we'd have to cut your clothes off. And I go, I don't care. I didn't pay for any of this shit. (laughs) Just cut it off. I'm sponsored. Cut it off. (laughs) So they just started cutting my clothes off, dude. I mean, straight up. Nation is killing it. Cut these fucking clothes off. (laughs) Every every layer, except my boots, because I wear these monster boots. They're like, how do you get these things off? I can't answer her at this point. Right. So they were like two people working together trying to get these boots off. Um, And then they hook you up to IVs, and they put a catheter in me, and they did this uh, the CT scan to make sure there was no head trauma. They didn't know what was wrong. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's two. That outfitter at that point had to have been shitting himself. Oh, they were worried, I'm sure. But I would never, I'm not that guy, you know, I would never cause any problems. Well, just concern for your clients, like what happened? Yeah, yeah. So the CT scans came back positive, like there's nothing, no head trauma. I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, I know I crashed into something, but I don't remember. Something happened. Yeah, something happened. So what happened? Um, so they were kind of back and forth and they still don't know. Did anybody at this point know that you fired your muzzleloader? Yes. Um, good question. So... Uh, Steve, when Steve got to me with the paramedics, he goes, did you shoot? And I said, yeah. And he goes, did you shoot yourself? And I'm like, no, I shot a big buck. And he goes, good job. I remember him saying that and me just being like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Classic Steve though. Yeah. So, um, let's go. I mean, all right, let's take care of you first. Then we'll find that. So you gotta, I wish Steve was here to answer this because I don't actually remember where it was. If we were out in the field, it was probably more appropriate that he asked me in the hospital, where was the deer standing when you shot it? And then he showed me my phone and I just pointed and I think I was like, he's right here. And he kind of went that way, but he didn't go very far and he crashed. And I know he's dead because it sounded like a log splitting. And uh, they went out. The um, uh, So Hunter Hunter is one of the guys that works for Vale. And Hunter Flanders is his name. And he is uh, he's also a friend of mine and a couple of the guys from the team. He and another went out and found my buck that night. They hadn't even been out in that area. In the middle of the night, they went out and recovered my deer at like 11 p.m. No kidding. It's unbelievable that they did that. But when that nurse came in, I guess I had passed out. They had given me some meds or whatever. When I woke up, you know how you're kind of a little weird when you're woozy and you just wake up? I was like, she's like, you know, your organs are shutting down. Your body temperature was under 94, but it's climbing back up. We're back 97 right now. And I'm like, did did they find my deer? You know, <laughs> or I said, it'd be a lot. She goes, so you're going to be okay. Are you going to be better? And I'm like, I'll be a lot better when they find my deer. Something like that. You yeah, know? yeah. All that shit's on film, man. That's the. See, that's cool. Yeah. So well, that's cool now. Right? Yeah, it's cool now because I'll build that in. I'll have the 911 recording. I'll have some bits and pieces of that to show the reality of that so people can it's understand. It's wild. You have it. Yeah. Well, that's part, you know, like you gotta, you gotta follow up. Like when I delivered my baby boy on the side of the road, I called right away to get my 911 recording so I could always have that. And this oh, is, yeah, because they're recording, of course, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah they wow. record those calls. Yeah, they have to. Wow. That's, I guess I didn't think about that. So here's the thing that's important. <clears throat> I think anybody that hears the story should pay attention to because now, from now on, for the rest of my days, I need to wear, what are they called, Matt? In my ears? 
Oh, you're just going to wear, like, well, headphones. Yeah. Uh, walker game ears. Yeah. I got to wear something it's like, like that. It's like muffs, pretty much. Or? I guess they improve your hearing, but well, then. Yeah, loud, like noise canceling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And you, yeah. Noise canceling? Yeah. Yeah. The doctor, what, what did they tell you? Benign vertigo? Yeah. It was a. They said uh, it was yeah. either carbon monoxide poisoning or it was benign vertigo. And I said, well, what could have caused that? And they said the percussion blast of that gun going off especially between those two tall ridges and in that enclosed blind, um, must have been so loud that it knocked loose those crystals inside of your inner ear canals. And these these um, crystals, they grow on the ends of these little hair-like um, stems that are at your... Uh, the, they're basically like the roots of your um, nerves, mm-hmm. your nerves inside of your inner ear. Right in the, the chambers inside of your ear. Yeah, and sh- you know, the way to ex- understand it is, with respect to balance, is if you picture up on a hill like blades of grass, these little um, crystals picture like dew on the t- on the tops of grass blades. But like if the wind blows, all of the grass moves in one direction, right? And so the weight of those like little dew drops on the grass will go with the grass, you know, in the direction of the wind. Mm-hmm. Well, if like one of those goes the other way, it kind of gets lost and disrupts the direction. So if, you know, throwing the air quotes up here, but if the wind is blowing west, you know, you're going to tend to lean to the west, you know, or to the east, you're going to lean to the the east, Mm -hmm. you know, left or right. So my body thinks I'm supposed to be going right, but some of these crystals got knocked loose and were telling me to go left. And so it tricks your brain and thinks that you're dizzy. And this can last anywhere from a couple minutes to a couple hours to a couple days to a couple months. Oh, my gosh. This lasted, I had vertigo for a month, maybe five weeks. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was bad. Holy smoke. So what do you, do you take a medication for that? Is so, it like an ear treatment? Like, what do you do? Dude, I, I had to take these pills. Um, I took them for like two weeks, and then they just, I just, I couldn't do it anymore because I thought they were doing more harm than good. They just made me feel weird you know and i don't like feeling weird Uh, i just so i just stopped taking them and i'd have random dizzy spells um most of the time when my blood pressure got up you know um it would it would it would knock me off my center um i do like a lot of yoga um for the it's like my own version of therapy so i don't have to talk to anybody about things so i just go to yoga and and i couldn't do any of my yoga i tried doing yoga um about two weeks after that accident uh and it and i do hot yoga sometimes you sweat a lot you're in like 98 degrees you know mm-hmm. man that that was a bad idea no shit. yeah i didn't last very long had to get out of there that was stupid of me um you know if you got a temper flaring or something that'll knock you on your ass too so wow man so the lesson learned is when you're going out somewhere and you're hunting in a spot where it's remote and you're not with somebody um you know, and you don't have cell reception. You need to go prepared for that. That's something that I I never feared for mm-hmm. ever. You could tell me we're going to Colorado, we're going to be hiking up in the in the mountains, and I'll get lost on my own and not worry about a thing. But boy, oh boy, if that happens, you're dead. Yeah, there's no coming back. Nobody's going to find you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like a serious thing to consider that I never really worried about before. I just thought I was invincible. And yeah. now, now they tell me, like, you shouldn't even be climbing trees anymore. Well, I'd be damned if you're going to keep me from climbing up in a tree. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I stayed out of the woods. I hadn't hunted since December 5th when that happened. 
Um, and I had a, one of my clients that I was supposed to film for um, and cut a film for uh, needing to get out before the season ended. So we had till the end of January. So I took him out hunting, and that was the first time up a tree since December 5th. And I was nervous as hell, and it got dark, and he climbed down first, and I was unhooking all my camera gear and getting packed up, and he was waiting for me down below. It was about 22 feet. And I remember just, like, as soon as I unhooked my safety harness, I had to step from one tree stem to the other to his platform and then get down. Yeah, the nerves that went through me at that moment were uh, unparalleled to anything I've felt in a while. That it was just rattling. Oh, I believe it out of that spot. Yeah, I've but, been in there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you did that. Mm-hmm. Probably advised you not to. <laughs> so, like now, lifelines are something that I'm considering as big of a pain in the ass as they are. I love them though. If you have they're a set, great. you can bring them. You gotta have they're, them, dude. They're mm-hmm. not bad. With kid, dude, no. yeah, with, with tree work, especially now know. with like what you've been through and kids, man, you owe it to yeah. your loved ones. I mean, it's like. Yeah, if I get hurt, whatever. But it's not about it's not about us anymore. Maybe it's just about you now, Doug. But yeah, I don't yeah. need them. <laughs> hey, Doug, don't use lifelines. Yeah, Show yeah. season's so, coming, Doug. So now, now my freezer, <laughs> yeah. my freezer is full of all, like all the deer I shot this year, and I've got a whole bunch of packages that say Vertigo Buck on it. So every time we eat Vertigo it, it's buck. like yeah, it's like okay, we're eating that deer that almost killed me, you know. Well, how many people? So, like, I don't know if you have a statistic, like, how many people does this happen to? Like, that shoot, people shoot guns out of box blinds all over the country every right. year. Well, how many people get this? It was just a freak deal. It's got to happen even probably on minute scales. Ever since I publicized that that happened to me, and my reach is nowhere near as big of a reach as the whole hunting community, of course. But just with my network in the hunting community, um, I had uh, hundreds of responses. Um and I'd say a good 20 of them at least had similar things happen to them throughout their hunting career. Not always in a hunting blind, but just like they, one guy said, you know, he shot a deer. Um, he was hunting in some ridgy terrain. There's a lot of big boulders. He doesn't know if it was the echo, you know, reverb off the boulders, but he got so dizzy from that, that percussion blast of his gun. He couldn't see straight and he stumbled down the ridge and he thought he was dying too. He's So I've heard a lot of stories now from hmm. folks that can relate, but I'd be curious what your listeners come back to you with as yeah. far as their own experience. Because I don't, have I've you never, ever heard of any of I've this? I've never heard of it. I haven't. Yeah, that's what I'm I never heard Honestly. of it before. Not the reason to bow hunt. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. any less than well, You know what's funny? Uh, when I was in Mexico, we were rifle hunting and some of the guys had, uh, I feel bad about it now, <laughs> in hindsight, they had... Uh, just earplugs, regular earplugs. I'm like, what do you got earplugs for? I'm like, oh, when you shoot when you're hunting, I'm like, I don't even notice it when I'm hunting. And that's like yeah. target shooting. Yeah, I'm wearing them for sure. Right. right. Oh, yeah. But like in a hunting situation, it's like yeah. I don't even hear the gun. You know what I mean? But probably smart to just wear them because yeah. it prevent would hear hearing protection would have prevented that. Hearing protection would have. I would never um, ever hunt or shoot gun. I won't personally ever shoot guns or be around somebody shooting guns without hearing protection i've got it in my truck i i have it now i'm not going through that again ever yeah no i mean especially the extent that you had to <laughs> yeah no. well it's smart i'll definitely do a better job of making sure i have always something like this but especially if i'm going to be alone dude i mean even the next day when we filmed you know i couldn't film any of the recovery obviously because i wasn't there um but we before we left the outfitter camp um we pulled the buck out of the truck, you know, into a spot by the river near where we were hunting there. Mm-hmm. And then I did like a little closing interview just to close up that film. Um, and it's almost 
uh, embarrassing watching myself try to talk and stumble through it. I don't know what day it is. I was confused. It was uh, the next day. Next day, man. I was so dizzy. I was bad. You might. I don't think you need to be embarrassed by that. If anything, it shows like the realness of the situation. I mean, it's going to be. It's it's going to be an interesting watch, probably yeah, emotional, for sure. especially for you, emotional watches. You kind of relive it. Yep. Are you going to edit it? Oh yeah, I'm already in the process. I'll have that done. Whenever you launch this thing, I'll target that for you know. I'll probably try to punch it out like the day before. Okay. Way, if somebody listens to this, they can go yeah, pop over to our channel and, and watch it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could have that thing done in a week or two. So I don't know what your timing's like, but I'll make sure I get it done in time. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go through it. We'll figure it out. We got. Few weeks. Good. That's good. More time to bed. Yeah. 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 No, it, uh, five weeks. Good. I like that. Okay. All right. I was hoping you were going to be like, ah, oh, can we do it in two? No, man. I'm not in any hurry. Yeah. No. Give me some time. Yeah, five ish weeks. Just a quick calculation by looking at my little baby whiteboard over there. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be hard to edit, or is it hard editing what you've done? It's hard, um, you know, like it's obviously, you know, emotional because you think about what went. I, I'm sitting here thinking not so much about myself and like being scared in the moment, but as much as like the, the thought of, uh, you know, what was going through my head at the time. That's what I like. It's it's almost post traumatic, you know, You're like real fear for life and family and stuff at the time. Yeah, yeah. just oh, man. I mean, as a father, you just think, boy. I didn't know you, you okay so it um I don't know who who says this but I know I've always said it if I'm going to die I want to die doing something I love Hey guys so sorry to interrupt I'm not doing ads on this one I just wanted to pop go. in the middle here right now. Um, you I know maybe there'll be some automated ads maybe there won't blind But one thing I wanted to say while you're listening myself. to this if you're enjoying working yeah, class bow hunter fun one. please 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 you're freezing to give us a review wherever you listen Spotify iTunes Google wherever even YouTube subscribe there man I mean comment anything like that help us out and then if you do write a review write your review you're not going to like that end, moment either. Say something about Doug's so, you know, mustache. Whatever your reason for dying is, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Some so swag packs from Working Class Bowhunter. I've seen some submissions already from last week. No, but just a quick me. reminder, going. go in you there, write your fish and, review. Okay, it helps us more than you know, and it takes five seconds if you win some free stuff. There's just no good way to go, man. Let's just not die, you know? Yeah. So I'm just telling you, kiss your kids extra when you leave because you never know what's going to happen next and i i mean i i even said that just today just going to my apartment from my girlfriend's apartment i'm like hey baby god i just want to say i love you because you know who knows what's going to happen between here and there and she looked at me kind of funny but you know what it it's real yeah you just sure. don't have a clue what's going to happen yeah i woke up that morning feeling a little hungover and kind of excited at the same time and i'm like hey we're going hunting again i do this i've been doing this for 25 years mm-hmm What's what's gonna be different? I've been around guns my whole life, never ever had that problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just because it's never happened to you doesn't mean it's not gonna happen. You should just make sure you're prepared for that. Isn't it interesting how like uh, life experience or like something just in general traumatic, whether it's not like you felt, felt like your life was threatened or losing a loved one or something, like really changes your perspective. Like especially coming in, you know, once you get once you hit your thirties, like everyone that you grew up with like starts to get old. And then, like, you get in, you get pushing 40 or whatever. It's like, man, everyone that you grew up with, like, you're, everyone you grew up with that you thought would be, always be around forever all of a sudden starts to get more fragile. And you see it, and you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's sad, man. It's like, I don't know, like, how do you – you just it's just life, right? But it's like, I don't know. It's tough to navigate. 
Yeah, you watch a movie and you see somebody struggling through a situation. Like, I just picture when I was trying to walk back and I only made it 10 feet and I know I wasn't going any further. Had I not hit that tree, I still wouldn't have made it much further. Yeah. I'd have fallen. It just, you couldn't keep your feet up. Uh, like, uh, down under you, underneath, you couldn't keep your balance. You couldn't see where the hell you were going in the first place. So when you see somebody on, like, a movie or something and you're, like, picturing in your head, how would you handle that situation? I promise you it's not always as uh, easy as you think in your head. Mm-hmm. You, you, oh, I'd handle it so different. Go on and try it. Yeah, you're going to... So you think you're tough, and then you find out how tough you really are when you're faced with this. You're going through situation. serious trauma. You don't really know what you're thinking. It's actually yeah. probably a good thing you hit that tree, because if you made it further, you wouldn't have found your way back. I had to cross that creek. If I hadn't hit that tree, I would have had to walk across that creek. Yeah, I could have slept on a rock. I could have fallen. Yeah. You could have blacked out in the creek. Yeah, yeah. very much so. And then you're getting a lot. I mean, you're getting... Really pretty wild then yeah. yeah it was, it was dude you're, you're lucky that you were like proactive enough in a very serious situation that you got your phone and even got the 911 dialed dude i think it's just lucky that i found my phone that was i happened to <clears> your hand just, I just a, yeah, put my hand on it and i'm like there it is you know it was it wasn't up there anymore it wasn't in my pockets i didn't know like i said i didn't know if i dropped it outside i don't know what the hell i was doing i was so confused well i guess the, like if, if you have a rendezvous point with like buddies like how long are you waiting? I mean, oh yeah, he's running behind, you know. Yeah. Maybe he had deer deer around him or something like that. Like, how long are you going to wait? You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. You 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 know they're going to come find you eventually. But eventually, like, yeah. But it's like how long? You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh, so yeah, that's a good point. Once you your know? body hits that certain temperature, uh, it starts dropping rapidly. Then yeah. So once you get to like eighty seven, you're you're clinging to life. Your organs are shut down so slow. You know, when you stop shaking to produce heat your organs internally stop pumping as fast your heartbeat slows down you, mm-hmm. everything that your bodily functions of your organs are doing is slowing down to preserve itself and because yeah. it can't function as much anymore they're shutting down so you know 93s going down to like 90 that can happen pretty rapidly cuz i wasn't shaking anymore mm-hmm, that's scary man hey i got a dumb this might be a dumb question mm-hmm. well maybe it's not um, the 911 operator, did you talk to him again after you got better or anything? No. I mean, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of him. He wasn't. Oh, okay. He wasn't. Yeah. So if he's listening to this, I'm sorry. He was not friendly. Oh, okay. Dude, there I was. Pictured, I, in my head, I pictured him being awesome and like heroic. No, man. Not even a little. There was points in time where I can't wait. I, and I'll blow it up. I'll put it on there. It's, it's rude. I, there was one point I said, hello. And he didn't say anything. And I yelled. I'm like, hello. And he still didn't say anything. And I'm like, are you there? And at this point, I'm like crying because I I think I lost him again. And I'm like, I'm dead. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, uh, what, what? You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I just need to know that somebody's there. If I'm dying, I'm, I, I want to know if somebody's, yeah. you know, with me. And he goes, um, well, I'm trying to talk to the other operator and find emergency crews to find where your location is. So if you could just be patient. And I'm like, how the <laughs> hell do you think I'm going to be patient? Yeah, you don't know what patience is. Right, homie, I'm dying right now. Yeah. You know, I don't give a damn what you think I need to be patient for. Right. I don't know what's going to be in the next five minutes from now. And I just need to know that somebody's on the other end of this line. Like something's, something's being proactive yeah, to fucking get me out of this. Yell thing. at somebody. Pick somebody else. Right now you're talking to a dude that's probably not going to be around for a little 
lot longer. So yeah, he probably had a lease on the neighbor's land, and you killed his dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, like, yeah. This guy. he's looking at truck. He killed my target <laughs> yeah. bug. Hey, what was it? What where, where, do you have a kicker like? on that G two? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where is he located? Yeah, where? Oh, you're in my spot. <laughs> I see you're by the creek. Yeah. You're by the pinch point, aren't you? It's like man, that's where he knew you were. Yeah, he's yeah. by the creek. The Sam Chase Nate dude, you know. Yeah, when we got off the phone, um, he was uh. It was like, all right, so the emergency crew's there. Okay, you don't really need me anymore. I'm going to hang up. And then Good luck. Steve, Steve <laughs> I, I was on speaker, and Steve's like, all right, buddy, bye. And then he just hung up, and then I was like uh, – you know, hey man, really good to see you. Can you can you text you know Annalisa and just let her know that's my girlfriend. Just let her know like, hey, I don't know, I'm coming home or Sam, something happened. Yeah, I, I remember my words, but I was I was freaked out. Fuck, dude. So Steve was probably freaking out at that point. Then Steve Steve was uh, uh, he was an emotional roller coaster too. Like normally in a situation, we'll pull our cameras out and capture it all. You know. In that moment, I wish that he'd have pulled his camera out and filmed them getting me out of that blind and loaded up. But he was so damn scared for me. Uh, that too, and like, how weird would that look? To yeah. The first yeah. So, Hold so on, you, guys. Put him back in. Yeah. I didn't yeah, get that shot. Your buddy, your buddy might be dying. So actually, Steve was underneath there. It took a bunch of dudes to get me out of there. I'm not that heavy. I mean, I'm only like 165 Well, pounds. they're probably trying not to want it. One, it's just like, don't, you're don't, fragile. You're... Right. Going they don't have it. a clue what's wrong with me. Yeah, that's the thing. I it's like you get out a broken back, and then you know, yeah, back. Oh, you no, know what the other? You know what the other thing? I just remembered the, the operator goes, do you, "Do you have anything in there that can make a lot of noise?" And I said, "I got a gun," and he goes, "Good. Can you shoot it?" And I'm like, "No, I cannot load this gun right now. It's a muzzle loader." He said, "What? Yeah." Yeah. Never mind, you don't get it. Yeah, yeah, get never it. mind, dude. Yeah, yeah. You're from no. the inner city, aren't you? You're to the hospital, dude. And you know what else? He goes, um, Sam, can you hear me right now? And I said, yes. And I, at this point, my speech is slowed down. I'm slurring, and uh, it's getting really bad. And he goes, um, do you have a light? And I said, I don't know, you know. And he goes, can you find a light? And I start just like feeling around, and in my uh, um, my hand muff, you know, my hand warmer muff. I put my hands in there, and there was my headlamp. He's like, okay, you got a light? I said, yeah, I got my headlamp. And he goes, put it on and point it towards the sky. And I'm like, is pointing at my the ceiling. <laughs> the block. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Nice. He's like, well, as long as it illuminates the windows, they can see you. It sounds like they see you. They should be there soon. And then it was seconds later, and I heard them running and crossing the creek. and, and all So that. that probably did help then, maybe. It, it did, yeah. It did. It's just... It did was... they come in frantic? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. They thought I shot myself or something. They, you know, nobody knew what was going on. Um I will say that the uh, the two EMT ladies were amazing. She came back really like hot. that's gonna just happen. so <laughs> I don't know asking, I don't know because I couldn't see. But Steve and the outfitter uh, both agreed that they were highly attractive, okay. especially the one. There's one that was apparently very attractive. I don't know. I didn't care, man. We'll just go with they were super hot. Yeah. I couldn't see. I was just like, whatever. Unreal hot. Yeah. You know yeah, what listen, wearing? I have a way that I painted this movie in my head when you told the story, and they're hot. Yeah. yeah. 
She was just um, and the operator was a lot like nicer. It, like an angel almost. She was just sweet because <laughs> I remember uh, saying some stuff, and my head was literally cradled in her lap, and I was like, "Well, she I'm, smell nice." I don't know, dude. Honestly, <laughs> don't remember anything beyond <laughs> give us something. You know, no, no, <laughs> there's there nothing <laughs> fun. A life threatening story, and we're asking <laughs> if the paramedics were babes or not. <laughs> she was, she was just uh, reassuring. That's all I can say. Um, Sweetly, but yeah, she wasn't gonna leave. She came back five, five or six hours later at the hospital just to check on me and make sure that I was all right. And I could see her then, but I don't remember what she looked like. So Steve said she was hot. I was she Steve. like, Sam, we have never seen anyone do something like this to get out of field dressing a deer. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, what damn. this is. This is a ploy. Oh, oh, okay. And then we can move on to a different topic. But I will say that I left the hospital there with uh, socks on and a, and a gown. The grippy socks? I, like, legit all my clothes were cut the hell off me. Oh. So they just, I just left them all there and walked out in socks in a, in a gown. I was so damn cold uh, when I got into Steve's truck to drive me back to camp. My God. They did that to me, too. Did they? I was pretty pissed. <laughs> when you broke your back? Yeah. There's nothing worse than a cat. I could have took either. my shit off, though. What, you could or you could I could have. I didn't know they were going to cut it off. Oh, they did? They cut all your shit off? They did. Everything. That's Does insurance terrible. cover that? No. I wouldn't even sponsor that point either. <laughs> what a ripoff. <laughs> yeah, I had a brand new Milwaukee heated jacket. Gone. Have you, have you guys ever had a catheter? No, no dude. All right, dude. I did after surgery. I declined it. You did? Yeah. All right, so put, when they put a catheter bottle. in, that is a... It's a tube in your dick. Yeah, it? Yes. it goes all the way down, and they, they did that uh. so they could take my temperature in the warmest place, right? Hey, guys, sorry to interrupt. We are also brought to you by Old Barn Taxidermy. I just went to Old Barn... And we did the, so every year at Old Barn Taxidermy, we do the uh, give back to WCB listeners and we give away um, a shoulder mount. So if you show up to Old Barn, you say, hey, I'm here because I listen to WCB. Um, I'd like to be in the entry. They don't know that if you don't tell them. And once you tell them that, then they put you in the log. Um, We had a good amount of people enter, but not as much as I thought there would be. I'm just wondering, some of you guys didn't say it or maybe didn't kill a deer. Uh, but the winner of that, so, uh, we, I got to post a video. Sam did the drawing out of his trusty Old Barn mug, and the winner is Garrett Goodwin, one of our big, big supporters. Um, so it's great to see Garrett win that. So thank you, Garrett. We appreciate all the support on social media. You're one of our loudest, most active supporters, and we love you like a brother because of it, man. So thank you so much, and I'm glad you won. So this year's buck is on the house by Old Barn because you support us, and in turn you support them, and you're part of the family. So congrats, Garrett, and thank you, everybody else who entered. So next season we're going to do the same giveaway. Show up, bring your deer, um, say, hey, I'm here because I listen to WCB. I'd like to enter your giveaway, and they'll get you entered. Uh, Loophold Optics, performance eyewear. I think a very slept-on product that Loophold offers. One of the newer line of products they have. Um, I think they are unlike any other sunglasses out there. Uh, one, I don't like to spend money on sunglasses anyway because I can't keep them as I destroy them. And Except for my Loopholds. I keep track of where they are because I love them so much. So if they're not on my hat, I'm like, where did I put them? And uh, so the longest running I've ever had a pair of sunglasses. Loophold performance eyewear. And Trophy Line, uh, Trophy Line, man, coming out the new Onyx platform. It's been out. It's badass. That's going to be my go-to platform for this year with the Venatic. Um, and I'm I just ordered the thigh rig, so I'm going to try and make that thigh rig my like hang and bang setup. Everything will be in there doing my hanging hunts and, and getting on with the use code WCB twenty three ten at everything Trophy Line. 
Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Novix Tree Stands. Have you seen the new Raider series? It's out affordable. I think pre-order right now, 220 bucks for a made-in-America aluminum stand. How fucking badass is that? It's hard to beat right there. They have a ladder stand. And for the record, the ladder stand's not made for everybody. It's made for the guy who wants to have a ladder stand that hunts like a hang-on. And when you buy it, it's an investment. It's not one of them cheap middle ladder support rusted out ones that's going to fold in half on you and, and be done and just kind of sketchy after a couple of years. When you buy that ladder stand, it's an investment. That thing's going to last you a long time. American-made, aluminum, um, good stuff. It's it's not going to go bad on you. Uh, so check out that new Raider series. Link is in the description. And if you don't and you miss out on this uh, pre-order special, you can always use code WCB10 at Novix Tree Stands. And I'm done rambling. I'm going to let you guys get back to the episode. Thanks for supporting us, and we'll catch you on the next one. In your in your bladder. Yeah, through your dick hole. Sho- <laughs> shove it up my ass. Yeah, <laughs> I would have rather had that. that because because uh, you know what I mean. What I don't know. Know. When that they take bit. it out, yeah. when they take a catheter out, it is significantly worse than Oof. when they put it in. It it oh feels like uh like it's so hot and it feels like you're gonna be spewing blood out of the tip of your. You think uh, it's like that when the deer like pull an arrow out of them? Is it worse coming out? It's like the butt out. Oh man, I just can't. And I was hey, like, "Well, I be peeing blood. Cool. Can you that. can you have sex afterwards?" She's like, "Oh yeah, you'll be fine. It might burn a little bit the first time, but after that, what?" She huh? said, "She said, <laughs> huh? she was the nurse. You talked to the nurse." Yeah, man, I had to ask all the questions. You have to, yeah, yeah. I want to know because, like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. They can tomorrow. put a little thermometer. In what if I'm bubble? feeling better tomorrow? Yeah. You know, I'm going home tomorrow. I might be feeling better. I might be feeling great. Daddy's <laughs> using this to get some, but I'm going to avoid it if it's going to hurt because that was terrible. You know, I never want to feel that again. I've so, never had. Have you ever had one, Todd? No, never. You declined. Have you guys it? ever had one? I declined. It. I will. Travis, I will always I decline it after knee surgery. I peed in a bottle, which was also terrible, but. It didn't burn. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, my dick. I couldn't pee after a surgery once, and they like, I'd piss so bad. So they're like, "Well, we're gonna have to do this." They plundered you. Yeah, they took care of it for me. Oh, dude, I'd be such a pussy when it comes to that. I'd be. Did, like, did you ever do a CT scan? Uh, I think I, yeah, I have had one. So they put this fluid in you, and it it it's like the lower half of your body. It starts on one side, and it works its way to your middle, and then down the other leg. Oh no, I've had it. Turns hot. That's where they look at your brain. Well, that's a Isn't CT that scan. a CT scan? Yeah. A I don't remember scan. die, though. I used to get crazy chronic migraines um, from kickboxing, just getting kick punched in the head year after year. And I, for some reason, didn't put two and two together until I got older. I'm like, oh, that's why I was <laughs> That couldn't be it. Yeah. But at the time, <laughs> no one even considered it. But I have a scan on my brain to see why I was having like crazy. Like, I'd go blind migraines. Right. It's been a long time. But anyway. Um, Dude, it's, it, we're joking around. I'm glad you're okay. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. It's, I'm excited to watch the video now knowing yeah. you're yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, that's going to be your biggest video you've ever done, right? I think so as far as punchline in the story, yeah. I mean, that's going to be – that one's going to hit pretty hard. Yeah. It doesn't get really much more real than that, and we try to keep it all real, but that right there is going to be as about as gnarly of real as you're going to see from us. Mm-hmm. At least hopefully it doesn't ever get worse. You know, damn. Have you, keeping it real goes wrong. 
Dude, that is when keeping it real goes wrong right there. <laughs> Why don't we have another? Sh- we should start a new show series where we'll call it. I keeps it real. Yeah, I keeps it real. <laughs> I don't like, I like people that. playing on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. that. Well, you show. know, like the majority, that right short. <laughs> majority of it, like our real stories, like Matt here, like and he can tell the story of his late season kill. He just killed. Um, what was that like just a couple weeks ago at the end of our season in Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Like the last week. Yeah, the well, day no, it ran so late. For you guys, well, it always, you know, it always goes through. The it goes by yeah. county, though. Well, like, it doesn't, oh. doesn't always go that late. But uh, in Wisconsin, we have like a late doe hunt. They call it the holiday hunt. So they give some counties with, you know, I don't know if what it is, if it's higher doe populations, but they give them an opportunity to doe hunt from, it's usually like this last year, it was the, the day before Christmas. So it was Saturday through New Year's Day. And they give these guys a, you know, girls a, chance to shoot does with rifles but the bow or hunters shed bucks. yeah shed bucks and the bow hunters threw a fit the first year so then uh then they extended our archery season so we're in an extended archery season when wherever there is a holiday hunt so in lieu of the holiday hunt you get yeah. an extended archery season. yeah so any wow. county that has an extended doe hunt that took a week away of our bow hunting they gave us an extra three weeks on the back end of that on the back end of that which is which is great um you know, it depends how the weather lays. But we got nailed with snow right before you killed that deer. Yeah, we so did. What did you do to go and make sure that deer walked out into that field? Yeah, well, I'll start by I, you know, I started hunting that deer. Um, well, beginning of the year, September, I knew of him. Uh, I seen him twice. I'm, I'm not going to say I quite passed him early season in September, but I, I had an opportunity to kill him. But it just wasn't wasn't perfect. So we yeah we let him walk, and I just figured uh, you know bigger and better things would come along, and. Yeah, so we we let it ride, and then uh, December fifteenth is when I was really like, "This is the biggest deer I had on on this farm and in our county in Jefferson County, Wisconsin." There, the whole the whole season on on you know multiple farms that I that I get to hunt over mm-hmm. there. So um, I decided to put all my eggs in one basket, and I went solely after that deer and hunt that deer as hard as I could. So I sat on him twenty three times, um, and then eleven consecutive sits was the longest I sat at him, but. Um, yeah, we ended up putting it in, yeah, pinning him down a week before last, uh, really, really was going to get on him. And we had, uh, what, 15 inches of snow or something over there the night before the night. Yeah. 15 inches. Yeah. Wisconsin. This isn't Illinois. Dude, fuck Wisconsin, man. You guys are cool, but yeah, that's a lot of snow. Yeah. And it came, it came quick and it was overnight. So Sunday it was, I guess it was Saturday night into Sunday is when we got all the snow. And then we had really, really cold negative temperatures coming in for Monday, Tuesday, and the season only went to Tuesday. So the 31st and Sunday afternoon at like one o'clock, I was sitting on the couch. I had sweatpants on. I was plowing snow all like I got up really early, plowed snow all morning. I already had the plow truck put away back in the shop. And I was like, man, I should go over there and I should drop the V plow and I should plow down, down to my tree stand, which I actually was sitting on a fence row in the middle of a field, probably 300 yards from the timber where I knew he was bedding. Um, but that spot and that specific tree was where i seen it more often than not mm-hmm. so that's where i hung the lone wolf and um i ended up plowing three three trails with the v-plow through the snow over to badass the, the three spots that's that a great I, idea the three, that cool? yeah, yeah i love three that spots idea. that i knew that i visually have seen him come out three times or you know not just three times but probably i've seen him a dozen times come out of these spots but it was always three different spots um and it was a farm we own so I, I plowed it. It was a hay field that we 
we sprayed and we killed it. It'll probably be, I would assume my cousin will probably sow soybeans into it um, this spring. So it was smooth, but it had, had cow manure on it early and I, I plowed it off. And um, that, that uh, Monday night, it was negative, negative three. I got in early. I think I was in there by three o'clock. I figured, I figured I'd probably kill him around five o'clock if it was going to happen that night. So it was a long, a long sit for late season. And that cold, cold, yeah. Yeah. And he was the first deer in the field out of, um, I think we've seen, or I've seen uh, 40, 45 deer that night. Mm-hmm. He was the first deer in the field out of the, I guess it had been the farthest north trail. And he walked it with six other bucks on his tail, uh, right on his tail. No kidding. Damn. Right yeah. where he plowed. Yeah, right down. He never left it. And it was ne- <sighs> negative three, right? Negative three. Negative three standing. Yeah, so, on my phone. Um, so his battery on his camera dies from the cold. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right, you, if you you gotta you gotta remember. So like, if they're external batteries, um, well, and, and he's shooting with the Sony A7 III, right? Yep, A7 III. So yep. that's in a it, you got a door on it, yeah. so it. it it keeps it a little bit insulated, but not really. So right. when you're filming in those kind of temperatures, you actually got to get like hand warmer packs and tape them. You use like two. Do they or make three. like a battery battery warmer for camera? Oh, we need like an insulated. They, I don't know, man. If they do, I need to know about feature. it. Yeah, I actually bought. Um, and now Sam, you have one too, right? The external battery yeah. pack. Yeah. So we like the number one rated Amazon external battery pack has like two USB ports. You could charge two things at once. So. Normally, when I'm doing all day sits, uh, you know, if I'm down in Missouri or even in Wisconsin here, and I'm going to sit all day, you know, we're going to sit 12, 14 hours, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. I I'll plug my phone into one and I'll plug the camera in the other, and just that charging from that battery pack will, and I'll always keep that battery pack like on my skin somewhere, you know, so it's yeah. warm enough, and then the battery will stay warm. But in this case, I just didn't have it. I was trying to. I got an idea for you guys. Yeah, I'm all yours. Huntworth makes a muff that you put a battery pack into, and it's a heated hand muff. You could put your batteries in there. Oh, yeah. It's just like a hand muff that you, like, buckle around you. Oh, yeah. But it's got a USB, and it's heated. Can you get it that right is over a good idea. And you, what's that? You'd probably get it right over the camera, right? No, no. Oh, he's saying you could just, just put the, the battery, battery pack. In. You know, just switch them out? You could take that, that external or that secondary battery, uh, yeah. that USB muff, yeah. uh, and then just put that in the muff. Keep that warm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I see. You, you could hang it right on your... And then when you're not using that muff, you yeah. just roll it up and buckle it around itself and keep... That, that's a you good almost idea. get two, one for your hands, and then have a second one that's with its yeah. own battery pack. And the battery, it has a slot where you can just tuck your battery, external battery pack yeah. down in the front end yeah, of that's, it. Yeah, that's actually and, a great inside idea. Inside of it's heated. Uh, code WCB15 at HuntworthGear.com. Okay, Yeah, you know, we're sponsored. That's a great idea. Thanks, God, I, yeah, in this case, I just I just, uh, I just, didn't have it with. I, I was trying to be, you know, I obviously trying to not carry as much as I had to down there because I sweat mm-hmm. at all on that. And it's not a long trek because I did plow my trail all the way my tree stand, too. That's so badass. Some great thinking. And also, shout out to you for taking care of the deer. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys can't supplemental feed in Wisconsin. No, no, not at all. Can you in the off season? Goes by no, county. No, uh, no, not nothing. Nothing in southern Wisconsin. It's like what Highway Ten or something north. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. And that's that deer walked that that fence line right down. And you shot him at five yards. Uh seven yards. Seven yeah. yards. Yeah, but it was like when he came in. You know, I stayed sitting the whole time as I I was just once he I didn't know if he was gonna because this happened once before where he came out across this field, but I it wasn't plowed then and. He came into that fence line. The fence line's so thick, thick of cedars. I didn't, you know, he takes a long time to get into the hay. So everything to my north is all standing alfalfa. Mm-hmm. And they are hammering in there. Of course, yeah. And I, it, it took me about 15 minutes after I seen him go tight to that fence line. And I was sitting there, like, kept, kept watching to my right. And then I realized that 
oh man, he's not out there, so he's he's coming. He's gonna come right down this trail because I can't. I plowed so close, I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. But that's where he was most comfortable, you know. They so I wanted to yeah. keep it tight. Yeah, and he came right down, right down the point there, and that's awesome. Yeah, it was hard to draw on him, um, just because he. I actually let him come all the way through, and he he turned around, and, and everything's I, so loud when it's that tall. Oh, it sounded like my bow sounded like glass in my head. <laughs> he thought you it was know, gonna I crack. Was like, it was like <laughs> the Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You the fibers in your string are yeah. like brittle. <laughs> oh, it was brittle. Please, please don't. Snap. Yeah, three, three <laughs> of the other bucks that he was with just pinned me. I mean, they were woof looking right at me, and I'm. 12 feet off the ground in this, oh, this cedar tree and you know i it was like i said i was in a stand I'd, you shot fast i bet huh yeah it was i don't even remember aiman you know it's just, just let it rip things. and go oh, yeah. at that range i was just like whoop you know pin on the old, <laughs> the old tear and just yeah, i smashed him i could so he he got with all the other bucks and they ran in one group but they didn't take one of the plowed trails when i shot they went right between the two north ones and um, I could see my my nocturnal and my fletchings, you know, sticking out of his rib cage when he was That's running. Awesome, dude! And he piled up, and the snow was flying. And yeah, I actually had a buddy filming with my other A seven three from my you know my farm yeah. was is probably about two hundred yards from where we oh no kidding, heifers. and I had him filming multiple times on the quest for this deer and he just he wasn't there that night oh shit this is where (laughs) the campfire stories come in you got a frozen battery smart yeah i had my phone so i have a i have a phone clamp it's like a billet aluminum uh little thing i got it on amazon you know it it clamps the cell phone and then i have it on a like a clamp so i can clamp it to my bow i can clamp it to a gun and i often clamp uh you know clamp it to a tree or clamp it to my my uh, fourth arrow arm when i'm filming i can clamp it to that and then self-film myself on oh, my yeah. phone mm-hmm. but you know the iphone you know iphone 13 iphone 14 pro they it's good footage um you know if you're just going to self-film yourself or whatever mm-hmm. or for an interview so after my battery was dead on my camera i used that to film and i kept it in my pocket until he came into the field and i put it in that phone clamp and my my remember my phone battery being at 83% and by the time he got there, my phone was dead. Wow. No kidding. Just well, you know off. what's funny? Do you guys ever see this where your phone dies when you're out hunting and it's really cold? It just shuts off. And then when you get back in the truck and warm up and you turn it on, it's like, oh, 56%. That's what well, How in the hell did that thing die? So yeah. better, you know, I don't understand why phones so it, do that. Just lithium, isn't it? It's like yeah. funky like that. Lithium, yeah. lithium goes like that. Like It, it just dies. It's, it's, there's no taper. It's 100 down. or zero, yeah. 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 But it's just goofy because the battery is not really dead, but it's thought it was dead from the cold oh, yeah who knows yeah it happened to me many times just thinks it's dead. i had an yeah. e-bike battery one time just something similar to that it's like i think i stressed the battery and i was like damn how did my bike die i gotta walk out of this and place. then i chilled for a second it was like 90 percent. i'm like oh we good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee batteries kind of do that too if you overload yeah. them they have like a must have like a safety trip in it, there. It's, it must be like something yeah. with lithium or i don't know fuck like i know what i'm yeah. talking about but <laughs> yeah you ain't gonna like groin groin a e-bike battery like i did my phone you know yeah yeah you shove, shove this in my shove it down leg. your pants to, no your like, engineer oh. tell us about temperatures and body temp and yeah why don't you temp. tell us i don't know you seem to know <laughs> <laughs> Doug's never. Doug doesn't have any kids yet, so he never had to check temperature when your kid has a fever where it's supposed to be. Yeah, so, where the temperature supposed to be? Don't yeah. need to know. <laughs> what is? It? How many yeah. kids you got, Doug? Zero. Allegedly, the, the answer Allegedly. is I don't know. Try again. <laughs> How many? <laughs> Zero. How's the girl situation going? Let's get an update. On what's what's going on with Doug? <laughs> what's her favorite color? Zero. <laughs> None. None. That's not a color. <laughs> 
How many bodies are you going to body during trade show season? <laughs> We're not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest body you've ever bodied? <laughs> We're not doing that either. <laughs> yeah, what, what was Drinking hanging, over 200. <laughs> did you, so that's, Steve had the line of the year. We yeah, did like this he did. awkward he, interview series. And Doug was, he asked, Steve asked a question very awkwardly. What's the biggest body you've ever pulled out of the woods? Like one, just a weird way to word that question. <laughs> yeah. it's like, and Doug's like biggest body. <laughs> And then Doug's taking a drink of beer, and he goes, uh, or you're getting ready to take a drink, and he goes, what's the biggest body you've ever bodied? <laughs> and then Doug looks at him and then goes to take a drink, and Steve goes, drink if it's over 200. <laughs> it was just good. It was. Uh, he's funny. I've not met him in person, I don't think. You haven't? No, I don't think so. Yeah, we'll keep it that way. Yeah, okay. No, he's a good dude, man, but he's the a strong The first time flavor. we ever recorded together, he was on that call, mm-hmm. and uh, I was filming with Jared a lot, with White Journalin, and I remember the first 30 minutes, he was just asking me questions about Jared. That's what he did, yeah. He, now let's talk about you, Sam. Yeah, Steve <laughs> is awesome, uh, but he's a strong flavor, yeah. and uh, I do love the guy, but he's good in the right doses. Yeah, he's a comedian too, right? Didn't he do some stuff? Yeah, yeah, he is yeah. a comedian. Um, he's like, he's probably kind of like that vertigo medication you were taking. Okay, yeah, like it's good. It's good when you take it, and then you take it for like two weeks. You're like, yeah, fuck, I'm not doing this anymore. It's <laughs> a nice pull. Yeah, <laughs> I tried it. It worked kind of. Wow. <laughs> and I'll see you next time I need you. It, it was a, a fun drive down here because these are probably the two wittiest guys on the team. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can be witty sometimes, but you got, like, Matt and Travis together. Um, and you guys don't see each other hardly enough. No, not hardly. But Matt never they're, calls me. they're two I very strong personalities when it comes to humor. Yeah. You know, he's quick-witted, and he's just full of life energy and, and, and always being, you know, He's less serious than than most, so it was a pretty entertaining drive. I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning's drive back. Since I, you gotta have that in your crew, though, man. Oh yeah, you do. Like you can't have the same personalities, man. No, have like no, you can't. Different shit. You can't. It just wouldn't work. Like a WCB dynamic wouldn't work if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I'm probably the more rambunctious one. Like maybe probably out of the three of like me, you, and Eric. You know, Eric's kind of calm, cool, and collected for the most part, and. Doug just got a great mustache, so that's good. He's got the you do have a good mustache. Doug is witty. Doug, you are witty. Well, thank you. <laughs> you, uh, there's. A, it's funny when I go back, like edit an episode or sample one. I like discover shit he said that I didn't like. Catch. I, just, I just sneak it in there. Yeah, I, I hear that. I hear <laughs> yeah. that all the time. I'm like, can't believe they didn't laugh at that. And it's half the time hey, we're people don't think I'm funny. No, I just is, don't hear you. It's way funnier like in post, but. A lot of it is like I'm navigating conversation, so it's like I either hear it or I'm like move through it or I'm in thought or something. <laughs> There's no time for Doug's one-liners. Do you, yeah. Do you, yeah. Ever, uh, do you ever edit your content um, under the influence at all? Uh, do I ever edit drunk? Mm-hmm. Or, or do I ever edit a podcast because we were drunk? Or just any kind of influence. Like, do you, yeah, maybe drunk. Do you ever edit that Under one? the influence or influenced? Yeah. Under the influence. <laughs> um <laughs> Cause, uh, not, re- I mean, not really. No, I'll be honest, man. Uh, there's been a few times where I've edited like, like a beer or two, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. I've edited after like a few more than that, and I, sometimes I'm kind of impressed. I like don't know what state of mind I was in last night when I did that, but damn, you know that flows pretty nice. And I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, we're more real time in the convo because of. 
like there's like a sweet spot of like the right amount of beers gets your brain firing a certain yeah. way. Or you're thinking a little less. So sometimes I get so analytical and critical about certain things that I'm doing. Like I'm looking for like millisecond marks to cut to another clip. And sometimes if I just am a little looser about it, I'm still I'm finite about like, you know, blading tr- from trend- from one clip to the next. But, you know, sometimes I'll do something kind of different than my normal because I'm not mm. thinking so hard about it and, and it'll work. Sometimes it doesn't work, but nobody ever sees that. Cause yeah, like, right. What, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what, you're on, you're on. We did do, here's a fun little behind the scenes uh, tidbit. I don't know. What was it? A month ago, Chase was in, our boy Chase. <laughs> And uh, we went to the tavern. We did a, po- a one podcast. We did went two. To the tavern. Well, oh, we did two. And then his. Oh, fuck. We did. We did three. So it was the third podcast of the night. But we're pros, right? We do this professionally. We went over to the tavern. Eric and I were like, let's get a picture of Blue Moon. And we drank a picture of Blue Moon. And Chase was drinking Old Fashioned. So we come over here, drink a bunch of whiskey. I don't remember the podcast. We record the show. Dude. Don't remember it. Chase broke my favorite whiskey glass which was hilarious because he didn't mean to <laughs> saw it coming a mile away <laughs> and uh we get done and i'm like hey do you remember the podcast he's like no we were having fun like how do we how do we, we get this that far that. well then i i sent the file to him he's like ah we're just let's scrap just, that yeah, one we'll just scrap that one one of very few episodes in the history how many less than 10 totally we found out we're oh, way uh, less than 10 yeah oh really we're, like, we're two podcasts under five. at a time not a three <laughs> Three's pushing. The Three's pushing. Tra- Travis and I were just talking about that with Matt. We we're telling him like, Travis goes, "You remember that time we did that podcast with? Uh, I don't know who they were. If Don, we, need, we don't need to say the name. They're, I don't think they still do it, but they mm. were just trying to get their feet on on the ground there and, and get running. And they asked us to come on there and talk with them. So we we're like, all right, yeah. So we drank a bunch and then did this podcast and continued to drink. We weren't talking normal, like slurring bad. <laughs> On the they, podcast, yeah, they Did aired it in person or was it over the phone? It was in no, person. it was in person. I don't oh, really even know what. You don't gotta, it doesn't matter. You don't got to. Yeah, I don't remember much. Don't get in trouble. It, but dude, they launched that. It was gonna be a two part podcast because it was so long, and I listened to about ten minutes of the one that they published, and I I couldn't believe it. So I was like, oh my god. Oh no! And then they think they got like thirty li- like listens or something. So it didn't matter because anyway. nobody ever heard it. So like, thank God they never launched like part two. But uh, oh, they never did launch part two. Yeah. Or they didn't last that long. Yeah, they don't think they lasted that long. But they they did. They, they never did part two, which is good for us um, and good for us. Nobody listened to part one either. But I learned my lesson after that one. Like I'll have a couple, you know. But yeah, I'm never to that extent again. That when I'm trying to be professional, we've done some where we'll, I'll be like. Eek. Yeah, but like, also, like when you did uh, the other year, the one with White Tail Adrenaline. Yeah, the ultra drunk one. Like, yeah, three but years like, ago, I feel like you. There was a good disclaimer of like, okay, this is where this was the situation. Was when we were in this Nebraska, is, at the this trade was show. like after a trade show. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like Dude, as Jared long as you kind of know. Yeah, in the in the stratosphere somewhere when we recorded that, like, <laughs> could you talk? That, I remember we started a buck story. Didn't get a third through it. Chancey never finished it. We kept trying to repeat the first third of that buck story, and it (laughs) never got told. I think I actually told it two years later when they came here, we finished the story. (laughs) That's how it goes. But yeah, I bet you like total episodes that we haven't launched. Actually, I think total episodes that we've ever recorded, there's, I'd say, five studio ones that didn't make it. Five or less. 
Yeah. I, we did do, I, I recorded two mobily that never saw the light of day. Um, we were trashed. Um, they were probably good episodes, but we we're just too drunk. It's like embarrassing. I never even went back and sampled them. I just put them in the fucking delete file. <laughs> like as soon as you got done, you were like, not a chance. It's like the next day we, uh, I don't even want to say who it was, a big guy in the industry, real big. And uh, we recorded two with a couple of his other buddies that are real big in the industry and uh, great dudes. And uh, we were out, had dinner, drinks, got back, recorded a couple. It's not like a great idea at the time. Next morning, get up and it's like, yeah, you remember those podcasts? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, those won't see the light of day. So I saw some of the guys that were there. They're like, hey, how'd those podcasts do? I'm like, oh, I never launched them. They're like, oh, thank God. We're wondering <laughs> if you're going to launch right. them. Yeah, so, when you know, you know. Yeah, yeah the dark files. So do you, dark files. Do you, do you have do you have uh, trouble listening to yourself on a podcast? I used to have a really big problem with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not anymore. I'm pretty used to it yeah. now. I see myself talking. I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. Like I do that a lot, but I'm more. I'm kind of numb to like. I'm just talking. Yeah, I can't listen to myself on a podcast. Most people can't. I'll just judge myself the whole time. Oh, do I listen to a full episode of myself other than like if I have to go edit or cut a clip or something like that? Very rarely. Almost. almost. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't remember podcasts anymore. That's a big problem. And I don't know if it's like, I think my hard drive's full. Like, do you remember podcasts? You're like your hard drive? Your, your like internal hard my drive? personal hard yeah. drive in my own brain is full. Like, I don't remember yeah. conversations. Well, you're right. having them for you're doing them for a living now. You, you talk for a living and listen for a living. So, I mean, I, I get that. Do you remember them, Doug? Mm -hmm. At all? You don't remember them? Yeah, I remember people, bits and pieces, but people would say like, "Remember you said that?" I'm like, "No." no. Yeah, I'll be like, "Oh, when?" when? I do that a lot. And I'm like, "Oh man, I probably seem so dumb." <laughs> you know, drink we drink, but like, I don't know. Do you watch all your episodes? I mean, you have no, to, man. But... I, I I do so many times while I'm editing. I can't stand watching them again. After the fact, I'll watch it yeah. maybe one time through, or if I got like family or a crew of friends that come over, kind of showing off your work. Yeah, a bit. I'll yeah. sit back, but I don't watch the episode. I kind of watch the room and look for reactions. Yeah, like, like at the Badlands at the Film Fest. Um, we've been there this year and last year, and you know, you get so pumped up to be nominated to be in that space, right? And you go sit down, and yours comes on, and the audio is premium. You can feel it in your bones. It's just like this is a really neat moment. So you'd think you'd want to watch your work, but you spend so many hours sitting there doing it, making it. You know every last bit of it. So you're crowd watching at the best. So ones. I literally just sit back and I'm watching the crowd, looking for reactions, tears, that kind of stuff. And that that's what chips my trigger. Uh, but, yeah, dude. Uh, and, it's like, every time I look up here and I see that ambush attack and the dust-off project, I know what that is. And that story is haunting. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's, it's riveting in, in and in not in a good way. It, it really it, it hurts to hear. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, um, filming it's hard enough, and then editing it's twice as hard because you're sitting there like listening to a uh, a war veteran talk about you know body parts pinging off of a truck, uh, you know mm. things like that that just they they go through your head and you watch it on repeat to make sure that your timing is right and the sound is right and you're listening to every single word and you're you're touching up audio here and you know maybe you're elevating volume there, pulling some background sound out of there, and you're, you're so in tune with it that it becomes you almost take on at least for this kind of work like um transferred ptsd uh and so like it's not like that for hunt films but like with these ptsd films man it's it's awful like mm -hmm. i can hardly get through talking through some of the stories that i've had to film and and, and edit 
Um, so I definitely don't like watching those back very much. Usually after like a few months or even half a year go by, I can watch back an episode and mm-hmm. be like, that was cool. You know, I haven't watched any of our stuff from like two, three years ago. Like, I mean, five, six years ago, even some of that real old school stuff. You get embarrassed by that? Some of that Yeah, because I'm like, boy, I used to wait too much music. It's almost like a music video. You know, you, 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 you. It's neat, though, I think, for someone that's into what you're doing to go back. Like, yeah. You know, like our you, library's there. She was. Yeah. You, you have kinda fun. See, you kind of see yourself evolve a little It's cool. That, that That's important, I think. Because it, like, I do that with musicians. I find a musician, I go back and deep dive them. Yeah. And then I'll get, like, I'll deep dive a music, and then I'll want to know, like, what they're like as a person. Go to the SoundCloud days. Yeah. Hit, hit up the SoundCloud, <laughs> the trap, their trap shit they had. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool for people to go back and do that and look at some of your older stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll yeah. say, I'll say too, the, First time we did the an HHA USA film, mm. Sam was like, "We're gonna go up and we're gonna, you know." I went up and I I shot a 3D course, and Sam's like, "Then we're gonna go film these interviews." And it's like, "Oh man, that was cool!" Tough. Like, let's all right, shoot shoot my bow. I'm gonna have a few beers and film. And it's like, you start filming that, and you are like feet away from a guy like spilling his guts. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the guy like we got back, we filmed at a cabin remotely, and. We it was what fifteen minutes from the archery club. Yeah, about that. So we we drive back and like one of the guys got in the back of the truck and he's just like, "I've only told like five other people that story." Oh damn! And I'm like, "Shit, heavy stuff." Yeah, yeah. and like the, the, at one point I remember like it got real emotional and I'm like, "Holy!" Yeah, we cow. had to take a break. And I like I looked over and uh, Dave Bechtel's like. Yeah, wiping a tear out of his eye, and I'm like, okay, he, I'm not the only one. Like, you check it. Everybody just, else, you're like, I'm it's like sad. It's who just cut, heavy who stuff, cut onions? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah, you're like, the, I'm you're just not, sweating. <laughs> you're not prepared for these stories because, like, that morning we we all met up and we grabbed breakfast yeah. and like got bloodies and it's like you got the Chase Nation guys together, a bunch of camaraderie, and then it's like you get real deep, real. Yeah, just like, and, ooh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is deeper. Like you're yeah. reacting to it you, more than you thought. You're kind of not like. Well, you don't know when it's coming either. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you can't like be like yeah because we, we uh, I believe Sam kind of gave us like a synopsis break. So, like hey this is like kind of what these guys went through and then like but they go so much deeper you don't know it's coming mm, yeah, yeah they're just not. talking and they're like this that and then all of a sudden their their uh, stare goes blank uh, these are the guys that you'd stand behind in a bar fight in a heartbeat these are tough rough tough guys they've been overseas they've fought you know they've they've seen stuff we haven't seen so you think. Well, nothing's gonna break these boys down, and then when you see them swell up, you're like, "Oh shit, what, yeah, what's coming?" Toughest dudes on the planet, and then yeah. you hear these stories, and you're like, God, "No, I can't unhear that." Yeah, I'm for just, sure, that's tough. There was like, man, after that first one we did, it's like, yeah, I thought about that like daily for a long time, like just yeah. what I heard. Mm-hmm. The one that I'm editing right now is, uh, it's it's real bad. I mean, it's real bad. It's not to say that anybody else's story that we've done or anybody that has their own story they haven't shared isn't bad. But uh, from what I've filmed or edited, this is definitely the hardest one. It has to do with a little girl, and you just you mm. can't, you can't, you just. I have a daughter, and so you hear, yeah. it and you're like, oh, veteran stuff, man. Like hits me in the feels pretty mm-hmm. fast, you know. I'm always fascinated to hear the stories like our. Uh, he he uh, produces a podcast, Victory Drive, for us. It's our—I don't know if you guys knew that or not. We launched a firearm podcast, firearm military, like police-related podcast. Yep. And uh, Jacob's just cool as fuck, you know. And he's been through some pretty heavy shit. Now 
he's never drugged me into the trenches of like a little bit he has, but not like I think he spares us. Yeah. And he's like he can be lighthearted. He talks about it in a healthy way to keep him, I think, from going deep. Yeah. I think, you know, I can't speak for him. That's what he what he does. But it seems like if he just like stays light and kind of communicates some of the stuff, it kind of helps him a little. Yeah. And he only he only tells us like when we're in private. He's not like out and about talking about it. And, like some of the shit like not even graphic stuff, but just situations he was in. I'm like, it's so fascinating. Like it pulled the stories, pull you in. And then it, I don't know. It's just crazy. But anyway, like when he starts getting emotional, it's like, Oh, I'm not ready for this. This is deep. <laughs> yeah. It gives you a whole another level of respect for like, it is. Yeah. What? Yeah. So I, I don't want to pull us back down into that. Um, I think it is important. I think people should go and, and get on your guys's videos and watch those for sure. And support those. And, um, but I, I do want to ask, with your guys' projects, we were kind of talking about, like, little tidbits earlier before the recording. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think that, uh, you know, like, we've had less than five that never made it. Like, those little, like, behind-the-scenes tidbits that yeah. people don't always get to hear about. Like, do you guys have, like, a roster of, like, stats of, like, behind-the-scenes little, like, fun gems that might be fun for someone that like watches? Like a blooper reel? A blooper reel or, like... That'd be good. What oh, I yeah. told you about the... Ne- upcoming weeks podcast i can't really talk about it. it's more like i gotta tell people uh, that's a, i shouldn't even said that because now people are like what the fuck's he talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. we we gotta have some stuff from like uh deer fest oh man we've got a lot of good stuff Hazel fest over yeah. the years i mean there were, there was a time uh just as a prime example brad rowinski was um we were at Hazel fest so matt what is it it's called Hazel fest my, so we, we go to his farm his, oh. his house and the whole crew stays at his place we get pretty lit up and then we we party and then for a whole weekend yeah and it's it's ice cold it's nasty out and then we all go out pair up in teams we all film so we pair up in teams and we go out and film our hunts out on his farms he's got leases and land that they own all over the place so we go out and do that well usually late season you know mm-hmm. so we had you know it don't matter if you had doe tags buck tags whatever we just go out there and we're just hunting so I know behind his home farm there, he had like 16, 20 does that were routinely coming out in this back hay field. So we, we set up in two locations. Dave and I were filming in one spot in this little tree line. And then Brad and Travis were out on the other end of this field at another tree line. And we knew we had some time to kill. And so Brad and Travis were screwing around. And there's uh, all these... Um, all these doe tracks... Well, there's all these deer tracks, right, that were in every direction. And Brad goes, you know how you can tell the difference between a, a buck track and a doe track? He goes, um, buck track's always going to be in the same line because they always know where they're going. But it's just like asking a, a, a woman where she wants to go to eat for dinner. They, they can never make up their mind. So they just walk in circles all <laughs> over the place. So that's how we know these are all doe tracks. And just the way he said it and pointed it out, it was just hilarious. And then it's I think, film. It's, yeah, it's, it's all on film. And then I think that same trip, Brad was crossing a, you know, a creek or a flooded ditch or something, and Ben Ernster was behind him with the camera, and he slipped right on. Oh, that was the same, yeah. same farm. Yeah. We got a lot of bloopers and stuff like that. You know, and 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 that's, didn't we, that's didn't Instagram we real material right there. Perfect stuff for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just haven't really dug it out. I mean, we, I should probably. We've we've shared little bits and pieces randomly, you know, on like Facebook or whatever. But they yeah. never got the. You didn't ask if you could get up and leave the studio before you left. He, I gave him he's, a head nod. <laughs> he, he got the head nod. For, head nod from he, uh, Doug. He's all respectful. He's like, hey, I'm gonna go up and go to the pot, go potty. 
and get some beer. Grab another beer and grab some. <laughs> okay. This is not one. He brought a whole twelver. Yeah. Oh, good boy. Good job. <laughs> I think well, now they're by me. So if you guys want, if you good. guys want a beer, good. I think one of them same same uh, Hasselfest things. We actually we filmed uh, the pigeon hunt. Oh God! So How many birds did you guys shoot? We killed like fifty pigeons. So we have our freestall <laughs> barns like seven hundred and fifty feet long, and it's one hundred and three feet wide, and it you know, it's just a big big barn. Yeah, it's full of pigeons. So we got all hammed up one night and decided we were gonna take. That'd be fun. BB, it's a blast, dude. Like low dart guns, man. Oh, did we just use BB guns, yes. pellet guns, and we like we were in with the cows, you know, like hiding behind the cows, and <laughs> they're landing and they can't get out. Like it's a bird proof barn, but over the years the pigeons got in there. Yeah, the doors are shut. It's netted. Like they're not getting out. So we got some one end to the other. We got some really good misses on film too. Most oh. of those are me because I don't know. I'm not so great. all of them. Are. <laughs> Okay. All of them are easy. <laughs> Everyone in the library, it's like okay. Man, most dude. of them are me missing, but there's a few other ones. We don't um, turn in the ones when we miss. I shoot no, that, that nice that, that, that nice eight pointer you killed a couple of years ago behind your farm there at your home farm. Um, you had Cody up in a stand hunting on your land, and he had that same deer walk in a year younger, and he started drawing back, and his bow creaked. Oh, and then you end up killing him the next year. Yeah, we didn't use any of that. No, never used that. It's never yeah. before been seen. Yeah, there's a was, fair amount of stuff that's. Yeah, we hunted him hard. YouTube worthy. Oh, dude, the reactions though when you miss are priceless. I'm usually like, I can't believe that happened. And then when they know he's not recording, I'm like, why do I always miss? I mean, that shit happens all the time. So <laughs> me saying I can't believe it's completely bullshit. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, oh I well, there he goes this. again. <laughs> you know? I, I do believe this. <laughs> Do you guys it's remember the show? Uh, I don't even know what happened to it. I'd be curious to see. They probably just quit paying for airtime. But uh, the show Jimmy Big Time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Our Big Time. Do you remember that? Well, yeah. you know you're in deer. You're you're thinking about deer hunt right now. Jimmy Big Time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we should do. That's a spinoff. But, was that like a yeah. pursuit channel thing or what? No, it was on Outdoor. I think it was on Outdoor Channel. It was kind of like a joke show, like on purpose. Yeah. But there's like a clip in there where he's, I think he's on like a big game farm. I wonder if it's on on here. He's on like, he's clearly on a high fence ranch and he just whiffs on this buck and center punches a tree, but he acts like he hit the deer. <laughs> just, <laughs> me totally playing it cool. Yeah. He's just like, yes. Safety for some of the clips are funny and some just weren't. Um, But they just did like funny shit, you know? Yeah, it's 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 nice to sometimes not take it so seriously. I think it's it's good to take it seriously, but, but you can show keep that it light. yeah, keep it light at the same time. Every now and again, it, it's you were good. talking about a big a big outdoor collection, right? Outdoor video music. collection. Yeah. What about like uh, TK and Mike? Yeah, oh yeah, TK and Mike's you a got, classic. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. a bunch of them too. Yeah, TK and Mike. I, know, I just and then, thought of uh, it, the, the incomplete, incomplete deer, deer hunter. So oh yeah, good. you ever seen those, Todd? No. The, that was Foxworthy, right? Dude. Foxworthy, oh, yeah. and uh, I can't remember the other guy. I but can't find the other disc. But I, I have them on. I have all of them on VHS. I, oh, think I have a couple of them on DVD. One and, of the greatest uh, scenes, and no one ever really knows. They have they have this one clip where it's Jeff Foxworthy. He's Willie. It's Willie and Billy. And they take this whitetail mount with a caribou rack on it, and they take it to this big buck competition because they're trying to scam it to win it, the yeah, competition. Like, the, money. like the Georgia big That's buck fantastic. contest. <laughs> so then they're like, like a jack. Now, they're trying it's to commit so fraud, so they're trying to get these guys. So they got them hooked up to a lie detector test, and they're asking them these questions, and they're answering so vague. It's like, 
was this on private property when you shot this buck? And he's just like, it was on somebody's property. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, That's good. What, what state, state did you shoot it in? Like, well, he was in the state of confusion when I shot him. <laughs> it's just, it's just state of confusion when I shot him. It's kind of like Chappelle's show. It's funny when you watch it, but it's funnier later oh, when yeah. your buddies. When you start so quoting good. it. Yeah, I wonder if, do you think they're, uh, dude, they got to be on here. Do you think the lie detector test is on here? I couldn't find them. <laughs> While you're looking for that, I don't know if you can, you can talk and tell a story at the same time, but you said that, that big one you had on the wall out there, you were hunting, or this one right above the door, uh -huh. you had him in the, the ghost blind? The deadhead? So the ghost blind was, uh, to be clear, that's not like a tool I actively use. It was like I borrowed it from a buddy. Like I'm defending myself. Against are those are the, the mirrors. Blind. I get it. Yeah, it's the smoking mirrors. It, yeah. Okay. But they're they're. I, I've always been curious. They're about pretty them. rad. Like they are cool. Um, now I'd probably be very selective when I used it or didn't use it. But this, it was like I knew what this buck was doing at the time, and it was a full blown hail mary. There wasn't a tree. It was just like this buck was just like he he just knew how to not be. But you were Indeed. within 12 yards? You said. I had them 12 yards, yeah. So do those ghost blinds, do they angle downwards? The deer angle down, yeah. They yeah, do okay. pitch, and you can kind of control it. So what I did, though, I I wasn't like... Wait, were you in a tree or on the ground? No, you were on the ground, yeah. Ground. So I had it... I had grass in front of me, around me, and behind me, and then I got into like a honeysuckle bush mm. for like a backdrop. And then what had happened, um, I knew this buck was going to come out in a certain spot, and right at the last half hour of daylight i see him out in the this is like october 12th mm. i see him out in the field and he's snort wheezing at bucks bumping bucks off all these this group of does on the 12th of october and i'm like fuck he's snort wheezing i'm gonna snort wheeze at him and i had a perfect wind um i had it was a straight west wind i snort wheeze at this buck he looks goes back doing his thing i'm like ah oh, dude he's gonna come hit him here he come beelines to me so he he's coming he's coming from the north and I'm south and the wind's cutting me hit me in the left my left side blowing I'm like perfect here's my opening I had this bush on the upwind side to cover me cuz I figured if he was going to come in he'd loop around me and then there's my shot I'm sitting there that buck goes straight in to the brush on the mm. upwind side and I'm like, any other time, that buck would have looped out at 20 yards, and that's what I was set up for, and he guys, didn't fucking do it. You guys ever have those scenarios where, like, you feel like you're, it's a total Hail Mary, but, like, you you know, you trust your gut a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's and the whole it, reason he was probably man, there. It's just like, yeah. shit, dude. Like, and it Mary, almost, but it it like, dude, sometimes you just got to trust the gut. I had this deer, he came deer. 12 yards. He never, he, he, I don't know if that he saw me, and maybe he did, but he wasn't, like, sure. And he stood there, and I can see his rack through this like honeysuckle bush. Probably saw himself, and it just got yeah in the mirror. <laughs> Sold that bitch. Well, up. that's why I was asking if they're angled down. Since. They are. You probably couldn't even like. I honestly probably could have got away with just like sitting in the grass. I was in it so dense, but um, but maybe not. Um, but I just watched him stand there, and it just got dark, and then I heard him walk off like lose interest. And I'm like, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Yeah, so this is this is unrelated, but I just thought of kind of a funny story. We were in Minnesota, Travis and I, and we were shotgun hunting. It was the last day, and we were walking out to the truck. And as we were walking together, a buck, a, ten, a, a young 10-pointer steps out. And so I ended up shooting this deer. Um, it ran like 15 yards and, and pile-drived into the into the dirt. And we walked up on it, and you could see his chest was still you know moving, so he was still alive. 
we're looking right at the exit and i'm like well i know the entrance has got to be right on the other side because he was perfectly broadside and that's perfect that shot is perfect i can't believe he's still alive so he hands me his knife and i was going to go kneel on his shoulder and put pressure on his antlers and try to just cut his jugular Mm -hmm. as soon as my knife entered that deer (laughs) he lunged up and he was about three feet away from both of us i backed up and he put his head down and just started swinging his rack at us and i i swear to god we both thought it was like he was gonna ram us yeah and and uh then he kind of dropped and ended up we put another slug in him just to finish him off and not have that happen again. Yeah. So we were telling the story as we were driving here, and <laughs> this rack is in the back of his truck. Um, That's where it all originated. Yeah. And so Matt saw it when we got out of the car to pee on the uh, on-ramp. <laughs> Matt goes, after we told him the story, yeah. he goes, you guys were worried about him, uh, like, what, stabbing you with his tines? They're not long enough to break skin. Also, we were on the off-ramp. We never told him they could. Matt informed me it's safer to pee on an off-ramp. Because it's about a, about a thorn long, you know? That's funny. It's like We never but, thought about that. It wasn't wide enough to actually stab him. It's funny when he said that. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, I don't know why we were We would have been fine. We would have been fine. <laughs> Maybe a flesh wound. Hitting yeah. burr points. Yeah, that's <laughs> like funny. a broom handle with a bunch of nubbins on it. <laughs> I mean, a broom handle's pretty long. This is not. It's like getting attacked by too a much Kuzma. credit. Yeah, way too much credit. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That's it. That Kuzbuck trying to get you, it's like easy. Mm-hmm. You'll You're be not fine. that guy. A little bit. You're not, You're not that, that guy, guy pal. <laughs> He's just like that, you know. That kind of, it's just, yeah. it's just funny. Wisconsin coos, man. They're out, they're out there. <laughs> yeah. The Midwestern coos, the like elusive. That. That's I'm. I'm gonna start calling like year and a half and two year olds coos bucks. Poverty bucks. Poverty bucks is pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I never heard that before. I haven't either. I don't think. Okay, now I, when you I think I originated that. To be honest with you, you I'm did. gonna trademark that. Trademark yeah. it. We got to get T-shirts made. Claim it. Poverty buck. It's all right. Poverty buck killer, poverty buck, poverty sheds, po- poverty sheds. Yeah. <laughs> so is that what this is you, on me? Is that what we're going to refer to as the call bucks? People yeah, instead of management where, bucks, we call them poverty bucks. Like, Dude, if someone says a cold or a management buck in the Midwest, there is like your bully eights. I get that. A lot of times I'm like, yeah, I like if, if you it, just felt like shooting it, dude. If just a, say it. If yeah. a weird buck looks like a cull buck, I like those cull bucks. I mean, I like the weird ones. No, they're cool. Yeah, like you get like the like the cact. Like Chris has got that cactus buck. Yeah, it just looks like everything. It would try to grow. They just sm- smash it all. Then it's just like that's exactly the kind of genes I want spreading in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I want Honestly, more of those. You know, it's I want just, more weird ones. Like when I, when I was uh, hunting in Wyoming the other year, I saw like a like a true like cactus buck. Oh really? Or what do they call those? Steg? Like it was in velvet. It was oh. we were out there in November. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was in full velvet yet. It's it like cool. a nut injury or something. Yeah. So I'm surprised that big that buck I shot the giant nut. I'm surprised he didn't like have velvet or something. But he was he was kicking apparently. That was this year, right? Uh-huh. Huge nuts on him. Yeah, a big old sack on him. Did you see that uh, deer? Well, it was one nut. But for the record, that was did he have two though? Mm-hmm. It was nasty. He had one normal one, one and it one. Probably just... would have been weird next year, maybe honker. What's maybe, that? Maybe it was this year. No, because that buck, uh, the neighbor had pictures of him from like I think last two or three years, and he with still the, had it with the big oh, nut. So it was mm-hmm. a multiple. Yeah, dude, it was just like your nut. But uh, I mean, it was probably the size of a like a, a cantaloupe. <laughs> no <laughs> shit, that is huge. That oh, is dude. unbelievable. Show you some pictures. I took some pictures. I wouldn't probably post online, but like just took it for conversation. balls. Yeah, yeah, they're huge. I think nuts. the best way to it's compare spheres is definitely fruits, though. 
Cantaloupe. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, testicles to fruit. It's. Uh, I had I ate uh, coos deer testicle in Mexico. Was oh, you, it good? You did? You never said that. How I, you, I told you guys. What do you deep fry that? Or? Dude, I've ate, we've ate some. Well, what all if it's of us not go, cooked all the way through. We, I don't know. We've oh. ate some weird shit in the last year. We ate coyote last hey, year. Coyote. Oh, I eat coyote. I don't, I don't think I, I've never. I've eaten raccoon. How was the coyote? I've always wanted. Well, we had a legit chef. Yeah, it was done by legit chef. Fantastic. Was it backstrap? Uh, yeah, it was line. Yeah, the line. I think. uh, Your cousin cousin ate uh, red fox when he was hunting uh, muskox in Alaska. Hey, meat to meat. I'm like a. I would eat fox. I don't know coyote. Yeah, fox are a little more scavenger. Where they're getting like they're eating animals. They're killing like little animals. I mean, coyotes do too. I guess. People eat mountain. I ate a mountain lion. That's but but you were telling me that you got to have that tested before you ever eat mountain lion. No, no. Well, so some of them carry the plague. Apparently, yeah. But I guess if you kill a lion with the plague, you and you get the plague from what plague? Like. The, the, the black plague, the, the ender, yeah, black the world foot. ender, blackfoot. No, I don't know what it is, but it can kill uh, you. The it's... biologist when I shot mine in Wyoming, so like Trey's like those things are nasty. They carry the plague, and I was like, yeah, what's up with these? Like, oh yeah, you know it'd be all swelling, but if you push on it, like you get it, and it's not good. But I guess it's rare, and they've never. He told me that they didn't have a case in Wyoming. I don't know. It started is that like, out really is that like scary. a cat CWD. I don't know, dude. CWD? They said you know they're all like swollen up. There's one of his. Holy damn! Oh my god, that is. Uh, it looks like sorry. that is like a, a cow with udders. Did you like dissect that to dig into it deeper? Was Fuck it yeah, actually? Did. Yeah, it, was There's it his daughter or just too. a hernia? I got a video of it. It's um, it might have been a hernia that healed, and it was like um, from lifting a towelly, waxy. Yeah. Isn't uh, a hernia just because I had a hernia and that was just a hole like in my abdomen? Stomach wall. pushing into your yeah. nuts. His intestines. No, no, your nuts pushing in your. It, I think it was. Okay, this yeah, is a fucked up photo. Vice versa. This is know. one testicle. Tomato, tomato. That is unbelievable. That's, That's like a pumpkin. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Dude. Yeah. I, like, I'm totally, saying. Like a football. Did you carve it? Dude, how many steaks did you get out of that? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Put that Actually, on the front porch. Um, was it a roast? Slow cooker or what? Dude, here. God. I got the video. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'll show you after this. It's. I have a video. I had to know. Yeah. It was just whack. Is that cut in half on there? Is that two of them? You could have like fed a lot of people with that one, that one nut. But I did, yeah. I did eat deer testicle when we were in Mexico. So Martin shot a coos and uh, uh, Poncho was, that was the camp cook, and he cooked up the backstrap, the heart on the grill, and it, he grabbed the testicles and you know like got them all cleaned up and threw them on the grill. I'm like, whoa, we're at, I thought he was kidding. Like, I thought it was, he was kind of like, oh yeah, we're gonna cook these. I'm like, oh yeah, we're, and he did. It's gonna be on. Hush, I think. Mm. Eric, cool. Eric filmed us eating them, and I'm like, I didn't know he was filming them. I was like, somebody should probably... And I'm like, oh, shit, he is filming. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> how awkward. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. They were good. I don't know if it's like something... I don't know. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, that's uh, it was awesome. I'll, I'll try anything once. I mean, not anything, but most anything. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten, meat, like animal-wise? Like, what's your... Or what'd be like... If someone was all bringing it up like we're bringing it up, what's the one you're bringing up? Like, like deer testicle or giraffe? I would always be like, yeah, we had giraffe. Kai or giraffe for sure. I had raccoon ones. That's a good one. I ate crow. You ate crow? Yeah. You ate somebody's soul? <laughs> I never thought of it like you that. ever seen an episode of that 70s show where Fez eats a crow? Maybe I should <laughs> get a that? black crow. You know what I'm like, talking about? <laughs> I don't remember that one. Chest. What's that? I, I don't remember. get a crow tattooed over my heart or chest if I ate somebody's soul. 
It's a black, big old black crow. It was. How the hell did you eat? Why did you eat a crow? So they opened that season in Wisconsin a long time ago when I was a kid. Um, Crow crow hunting. I don't even know if people still do it, but it became more of like the coyote of the sky type Mm -hmm. thing, right? Well, they're just nasty. I mean, they eat all that shit on the side of the road and stuff, so you just really never know what they're eating. So that's what kind of creeped me out. But um, (laughs) I had a couple buddies over ice fishing and. Um, somebody shot a crow and I was like, if you're going to kill something, we're going to eat it. And so, um, I mean, did you breast it out? I breasted it out and then I, I just sauteed it in a cast iron skillet butter. How was it? I'll be honest with you. I had to make sure it was cooked all the way through. It's red, you know, like duck, but like duck and geese, you never, you got to get it to a certain temperature, but you don't want to cook it all the way through. So it's gray. You got to make sure that there's some red in there. I like it like medium. Um, anyways, I, I did this just a little over medium, so there's a little bit of redness inside of it. But I'm out. It, I don't know if I need a crow. I'm going to no tell way. you right now, it tasted really damn good. Really? I, I no complaints about the way crow tasted. None. Full of soul, baby. What, I, I what would, friends were they? Uh, they? They were. Are they still around? They're not around anymore. Yeah, no kidding? No. Still, <laughs> I feel like if you eat a crow, you just become like a gothic kid. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. Like you're like, like listening to My Chemical Mike, Romance. Yeah, My yeah. Chemical Romance yeah. in the background. I've eaten uh, Golden Shiner, too. Um, <laughs> eat a Golden Shiner out of a minnow bucket before. I don't even know what that is. A Golden Shiner is like, you know, two to four inches long, and, and it's the, it's a big silver minnow that you put on a tip-up when you're ice fishing. Mm. Um, and I just used a six inch, uh, fillet knife, real thin, flexible blade. And I filleted that thing like a pro. Well, I kind of am a pro at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hate cleaning fish cause I don't like the way they smell, but I'm real good at it. My dad's been having me do it since I was a little boy. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was bragging about the fact that I can clean anything. Somebody said, well, you know, fillet one of the, you know, the golden shiners. I was like, all right. So I filleted it up. And I took the skin right off, and I had these little fillets, so we cooked it up real quick and ate it. <laughs> That's a legit story. I think we did like three of them, to be honest with you. Was it good? No. No, There's you can't avoid the, the fishy flavor of that mushy meat. They live mm. in that warmer water, you know. Mm. It's like, you guys ever eat carp? Yeah, hell yeah. Is that common? Do people eat carp? I've had, I've had it smoked. I mean, yeah. what do you think uh, fish sandwiches are at McDonald's? There's a the- buffalo carp and... Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, most of the time. And that's out of the Mississippi, Wisconsin River. I've, I've eaten carp, and I thought, I think it's all right. I don't know. Like, I'm not like a huge fish guy, but like. A buffalo okay. carp, if you ever fillet one up, there's a lot of tissue in the meat. It's not like you can't, you don't just fillet it up and it's nice, flaky white meat. Like, you know, if you filleted a walleye or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, this is totally a different texture of meat. Just like catfish is a totally different texture, just like sturgeon. It's definitely a poverty fish. You definitely have uh, like <laughs> that, that yellow fat. Um, have you ever cleaned a catfish or a sturgeon before? No, no, fish are gross. Yeah. So if you fillet those, they have like a yellow fat on them. That fat is nasty, so you don't ever want to eat that. Um, and if you if you have that connected to the, the muscle tissue, the, the fillet, you got to soak it in milk to try to brine it out. Mm. Or like salt water. Yeah, you get rid of that flavor. Well, anyways, or cut it off. That's a lot of that shit's on the carp, too. And mm. it's just woven in through the fillets. So, like, smoked carp, okay. But, man, fried carp, nah. Not good? Uh, not my cup of tea. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Like, you eat, like the the buffalo carp, uh, it's a different strain. And it's a little bit cleaner, whiter meat than, mm. like, a, a grass carp or the common carp, you know, or, like, a mirror carp or anything like that. Just a big goldfish. Yeah. Are you guys deer herd eaters? Oh, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
He, like he made heart. a believer out of me with deer heart. I will never throw a deer heart away. I like deer heart a lot. Mm. Um, what What about you guys? What's the weirdest thing? Like, what's your like claim of I ate this animal? Uh, I guess cow tongue, but that's probably pretty common. I don't know if I've ever. I don't think that's common, but it it's cool. Todd, you ever eat anything weird? Nothing super crazy. When I killed my moose in Newfoundland, they did cook the heart up up there. Yeah, it was pretty good. Er, I I like it. They did the tongue too. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it good? Uh, Texture thing. That's the thing. Like with the testicles, it was like Mm. a texture thing. It was almost like baconish outside, but it was like. Ah, this might sound weird. Almost like marshmallow bacon. Oof. Marshmallow. I ate a beaver once. Maybe that's glad. I think just in your head. Oh shit, dude! I did. I ate a beaver. I ate a beaver tail once. Too soon. I did. I okay. This is a weird one. One time, I got a a beaver tail from my neighbor because of you know Stephen Ronella, and I I Stephen Ronella's your neighbor? No, not because. No, I don't follow you. Hey man, does everybody in Wisconsin just in the? I'm from the Driftless region. Let's circle jerk the Ronellas. Is that what's happening up there? I'm not Doug Darren, man. <laughs> I didn't tell I you what you were talking about. You said. So, like, I, I, I grilled the beaver. You put those words the, in your mouth. The beaver tail? Yeah. And, like, it's it's just, it's pure fat. And, I mean, it wasn't They great. call that a it trap, good. trapper's, del- good. trapper's delicacy. And it's, it's, that's not meat. That's I, all, I, that's I tried it and did it. Like, I ate it. I would try but it. But, like, like I said, so I, tried you it like once. I wouldn't go out of my way to eat it again. You like crunching on cartilage? Like, were you eating chicken? You like eating cartilage? I it was like no, steak gristle, no, but steak it's, gristle texture. It's more of like a gristle. I tried it thing, like yeah. a check mark thing. Like, so I know. shot a number of beavers um, that were nuisance uh, beavers, and um, so well, turtle fishing comes around mid January, mid July every year in Wisconsin. Uh, I think it's July fifteenth is opening day. And so I used to get, when I lived on the lake, we had a lot of snappers and soft shells, so we'd have a big party every year. And then we'd have, you know, a bunch of people come over and we'd set up these lines along the shore. We'd throw out, like, livers and stuff mm-hmm. and catch turtles. Well, like, There's, like, a hook on them? Yeah, just... yep. So for two years in a row, um, I cooked up uh, beaver. And, I mean, beaver, when you, when you pelt out a beaver, it smells really sweet it, you know a lot of perfumes and cologne has uh what is that that yeah what are the, what it's they, a pheromone that's oh, what like, do they call it's it oil it's a uh, castor oil castor, castor oil, oil. Yeah. castor oil yeah um so it smells really sweet and it's kind of weird and it, and it doesn't really jive well with your uh, appetite at the time when you're cleaning one so it's one of those things you clean it wait a few months and then you're like all right i'm over it now i can eat it mm-hmm but beaver is actually phenomenal. You How's do, snapping turtle? You guys I've, snapping I've, turtles? Excellent. I've heard that beaver, really? like as long as you don't like, as long as like the the glands don't get touched yep. and into the meat, it's actually pretty good. It's it's. But phenomenal. I've never had it personally. So we did. <laughs> we we just. I took out like you cook it like a roast, you know, and you kind of brown it up. I cubed it all in like one to two inch cubes. And then I browned it. I just put a little bit of uh, cornstarch on it, just a light powder. Mm-hmm. And then I just uh, flash fried it in a little bit of vegetable oil, like peanut oil, mm-hmm. just to give it a casing and keep the moisture in. And then once – you don't cook it through. You just enough to get brown all the sides. And then you threw it in with some, like, beef broth and, you know, some onion and, and mushroom. And then put it in the slow cooker and hmm. add a little barbecue sauce. Man, it was phenomenal. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in. I'm on board with it that. It just pulls, dude. It's just like – it's like pulled beef. It's so good, but it's sweeter flavor. Hmm. But it's so funny because you know you got all these people coming over, and you're like, "You want to eat beaver?" It's like hell yeah! It's hell like yeah, no, dude. like for real, we're eating beaver. There's the <laughs> one thing that I like. People really didn't believe me is that like I ate my mountain lion. Uh-huh. It's like common for people who've like killed lions, but then like other people are like, "Really?" 
How much meat do you get off a mountain lion? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm, I split it with Devin because uh, Devin was on that hunt with me. I don't know. I didn't weigh it out. You know, we quartered it and then back straps. And we, so I shot it a couple of days before New Year's Eve and we were out in Wyoming. So we did like a mountain lion. We did mountain lion and jalapeno like poppers with bacon. Yeah. And then we did like roast. We ate a bunch of it. Like I, I kind of had a party with it. So we ate a bunch there and I don't it know. It's like a good sized animal to have a party with though. Like, yeah, it's not like, hu- like crazy huge with like a ton of meat on it. It's super lean. Um, I don't know. I couldn't really tell you. I mean, it was enough. Like, you, it lasts you a little bit, you know. Yeah, but uh, it's good. It's really good. It's like pork. It's the best way to explain it. Man, did you eat, did you eat animals off your farm ever? Like, or is that not like a? Th- I don't know if people do that or well, not. Cows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have like cows an emotional big. attachment to any of the cows in the herd. Oh no! Like number really. eight seventeen. Yeah. You oh yeah. Oh yeah. Time? It's like I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, you're let me ask you this because it seems like a lot of you're cattle guys, it. like a lot of farmer cattle yeah. rancher guys, I would think they'd be like. Medium rare, good steak type dudes, yeah. and I feel like the higher percentage of them are more like well done steak guys. Uh, you never noticed that? Yeah, I could see that because you're like around them so much. Yeah, yeah, and you're like the you know I guess it's just like you got the one cut it up and I don't know maybe you see what goes into it all and then you're like yeah, I just want to make sure just make know? sure yeah. yeah I don't know <laughs> yeah that's well, what I just thought it might be I'm a I'm a medium medium guy medium rare. So yeah, okay. You yeah. know, now that I think about it, I'm too, a dairy guy. I don't. We don't. We're not beef. You know. Do you drink a lot of milk? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, <laughs> no, he, legit. I went over to his place for dinner the other uh, like last like, week. I almost brought a gallon. I was just gonna sit here and drink milk, but I was like, yeah. he walked That'd in the door, awesome, dude, and, and and the first person ever to drink milk on a podcast, <laughs> dude. He yeah, walked in the door podcast. from work, and I was having a, a cocktail, and um, he poured three glasses of milk, just one after another, chugged them, like chug. Poured in, chug, didn't put the gallon away, and then after the third glass, he put it away. And then we had a vanilla whiskey, yeah, with Coke. And then I was, this was just the other day, like last week. Yeah, well, it was, it was more than ten <laughs> days ago because I haven't, yeah. I've been drinking NAs for the like since February. So that was the very, like, very end of January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah and I was worried. I was like, hey, I hope that sits okay. You know, you always heard about the old curdle and thing, milk yep. and with, you know, milk and booze. Say he but, drinks milk. It right? was fine, but yeah, I never broke a bone. And I've done some roadie ass shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> big time. Oh, yeah. my, my wife uh, makes fun of my, me and Devin. Our thing is like when we get together and hunt together, we make, we call them, they're kind of like shit bag uh, white Russians. It's mostly just milk and vodka. Yeah. And like <laughs> a little bit of like coffee liqueur. <laughs> so my wife just says we drink milk and vodka on ice. And I just it's say, like a white Russian. Yeah. yeah say, like the old Dr. Phil clips, like, shut the hell up, bitch. <laughs> 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 we're eating what we're drinking what we want to drink. Yeah. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. We're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you speak a, a real white Russian? I, it was. What, what is? What is a real white Russian then, mister? It's like vodka, Kahlua, and milk. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, heavy, or heavy cream. Heavy if you cream. guys, if you guys ever heard of a prison cream? brick, I don't think so. Oh man, okay. In a pillowcase? So, no. Like just no prison oh. brick. So like they have vending machines in some of the. Where prisons. are we going with this? So they'll buy, they'll buy uh, like ramen and then like Cheetos. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that. and you buy a bunch oh, of stuff from the vending machine. Yeah, and you just. Break it all into pieces. Fuck all that. There's a dude on TikTok <laughs> makes like hood meals like that. <laughs> hood meals. Yeah. yeah, and I watch it. Poverty dude. meal. Yeah. Prison poverty. It's poverty meal. He makes sure. when he was in prison. He like remakes the prison meals at his house and show. But what kills me is those dudes' videos. His fingernails are like super long. I just can't uh, even do it. Can't like, do it. Does he have a coping? No. I just can't watch any of it, dude. It's just bad. Creeps me out. It's gross. I don't like it. Hope I never have to do that. 
No doubt. Army um, prison, whatever that prison is. Prison bricks. Well, boys, this was fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're alive. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, me too. Me so too. are my kids. I want to <laughs> yeah. tell you I want to tell you that story about that Levingston buck in Iowa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's been on my mind. So we uh, this kind of got brought up at dinner. Yeah, and we were dinner. waiting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hunt down in Unionville, Missouri, which is uh, in northern Missouri, north central. So I usually... I have a lot of different ways I can get there, but you know, I obviously run down through Dubuque and Cedar Rapids, and then whatever it depends mm-hmm. which way I go. Mount Pleasant over to Ottumwa mm-hmm. was usually the way I go, and from Ottumwa over to LB, Iowa, um, I run over to Five um, in LB, and then I go south down into Missouri. And I, you know, it gets late. A lot of times, I'd put my kids to bed, and then I, you know, just shoot down there at nine o'clock at night and drive all night i'd sleep on the ramps if i get tired and i I'd, I'd do this still to this day you know to try to make the most of the time mm-hmm. um and it was one i don't even know if it was late at night or and it must not have been it must have been like early afternoon but it was dark out i remember it was dark and i was going down between elbia and well a tall one elbia heading towards elbia and i had a old 90 there's a 98 dodge 12 valve cummins with a five speed in it mm-hmm. and you know if anybody knows anything about an old 12 valve cummins it's got a mechanical pump so it has a mechanical cruise control so it does not it's not electric it's not like a sure thing at 60 miles an hour it's like you set it at 60 and you go down a hill you might go 65 you might go 70 depending on the hill yeah you know and that might lug to 50 going up the hill it's just the way it was and so i was flying between the tumble Heading towards Elbia, and I come down this big hill, and there's one car coming towards me, and I I just had the cruise on, jamming out to whatever radio station I could find in that old pile. Yeah, and yeah. So anyway, cop spins around, he he pulls me over, and he he looked very much like the dude off Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. Like uh, which one? Like the old like um. I remember this story. Sure. Yeah, yeah, like the sure. boss hog. Yeah, like boss yeah. hog. He looked like boss hog, not sure. Yeah, yeah, boss hog. He looked just like him, and older too. He like, I remember when he walked up. I'm like, you should be retired. Like, the pension. You should be. You should have been gone ten years yeah. ago. I thought that, and he and he's like, you know why I pulled you over? And I said, honestly, I don't know. You know. Yeah. And he's like, you're going too fast in my state. And it was an Iowa State trooper, and I was like. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like this old Dodge, you know, cruise control don't work good. I'll be honest. Mine of its you. own. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's like it just does whatever it wants. Yeah, look at know? this pile. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, you hunting? And I have my bow in the front seat and crap pile all over there. I'm going down to you know Missouri for a week, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going down, going down hunting in Missouri. Actually, he's like, you bow bow hunting? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I tell you what, son. He's like, if you can tell me where the biggest buck. And I think it was the biggest buck in the country was shot. He's like, I won't give you a ticket tonight. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, yeah. God. What a question. It was a question. I was like, Jeez. no way am I getting. The trivia? I know. It was crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I think it was game show Ohio. Right <laughs> yeah, I think it was Ohio. You know, I was thinking, where is that big buck? Ohio. The beady buck the on beady the bleak end. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. And I was like, and he's like, nope. He's like, I'll tell you what. He's like, why don't you follow me? He goes, ah, uh, he's like, it's the Levingston buck, and it's down here at the diner. And I was like, all right. And he just walks back to his car, he pulls out next to me, and I'm like, what? What the fuck's going on here? I'm in my truck, and you know, shifting, going, and we drive up to Elbia to this this little diner steakhouse thing, and and uh, I park my truck, and he parks in. We walk in there, and there's 
you know, a replica of a, you know, of the letter. That had box. nothing going on. Nothing going no. on. <laughs> dude, it is like, ghost town in that it's area. It's kind of cool of him, but it's also like, hey, dude, yeah. just, I want to get where I'm going. And I was but like, leave it to Matt to be like, yeah, I'll follow you. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll yeah, check so it out. I, yeah. I went over there and I checked it out. And I tell everybody this story. And I'm like, this is crazy, you know. And and I don't know if it was Livingston Buck or not, because I don't even know what the hell it was. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, cool, dude. Could have showed me an old, you know, a little, I don't know. It's a the ticket got to <laughs> where I was going. Yeah, yeah. That's I was like, funny. oh, that's cool, you know. And I'm just like, all right, you know, I'll walk out, you know. I'm not he, getting that ticket, right? No, I got the ticket. He wrote <laughs> oh, me a, did? He wrote me a $270 speeding ticket in the parking lot. Oh, fuck. Hey, oh, son, before you leave, here's I your ticket. I swear to God. Fuck that guy, dude. I swear to it. And honestly, I feel good about it. I, I wouldn't. Just, I'd be like, "Oh, fuck yourself." I was. It was a good ticket. I mean, it was. It was a hell of a story, you boss, bitch. I, it was. It oh, sucked. I couldn't believe it. Honestly. You take me all the way to the diner and yeah. give me a ticket still. Yeah, all right, me, hey, hey, before you go, but he showed me where they shot the buck. Oh man, and give was, a shit. Yeah, it was right, right off of. Uh, what was it one uh, one thirty six? I mean, that one? buck's dead now. Yeah, right so, so is so is the boss hog guy. Was it, yeah. so the guy, the kid who shot that. Do you think he's killed? Like, I wonder what his like other. Uh, I guess they kind of put him on the buck from the story I remember reading when it yeah. happened. I wonder if that guy's killed any other bucks. Like, even like hold a flame. But you got to always wonder that about guys that you shoot probably hunts giants. ducks now. No, y'all, it seems fun. like yeah. most of the record book bucks, the biggest bucks this country's ever seen, have been killed by people that are, you know, surprising themselves and the rest of the world. That they, like it, luck by chance. Yeah, I mean, I mean. How many of those stories can you recant? Because I can hey, think of a bunch. I saw Milo, the Milo Hansen buck sold. Milo Hansen sold it. Really? The Bass Pro or something? Just today, right? Yeah, let's look it up. That's pretty how much crazy. it sold. Pull that up, Jamie. I'm kind of the Jamie right now. We need a Jamie. God, I can't believe it. That still pisses me off. He gave you a ticket still. Yeah, yeah fuck that I'm guy, dude. It was you... crazy. Hey, look, you should... For all I know, he wasn't even a real cop, but I, I paid the ticket and I cashed the check. <laughs> but he was, look, he looked way too guy. old. He was a drunk guy. Still drunk make that out to Boss Hog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was short, uh, too. Just a little dude. I don't see anything yeah. on Google, so maybe it didn't. I uh, I, I don't know. Lee that, showed me today. He's like, hey, did you see the Milo Hansen book sold? I was like, what? Maybe it was just like a internet thing. It's probably a God ticket. damn it, Lee. It was a, it was a meme. Spraying his cult life. Yeah. yeah, he's reading it. Who knows? This is where rumors get started. Man. I know. Here on the podcast. It sold for four mil. I don't know, actually. Uh, all right. Never mind. Well, either way, man, every time you have us, we have a good time. And we yeah, always no. we always so talk for a long time, you know? I'd like so it's it. about. Yeah. That, free, that free-flowing bullshit. Just I'm glad it. this time we're not I'm driving back because that's a long drive. That's a haul. That's why it we is, have this place, is. man. We yeah. have this place for you guys to stay. That's what it's, it's for. And it's gorgeous. I mean, Thank you guys you. Were, I mean, you really did a good job. It looks Thanks, awesome man. here. Our buddy came in a couple weeks ago, and it was, he gave us a compliment, but it was kind of like, oh, that compliment kind of, kind of hurt a little bit. What did he say? He's like, wow, this is actually really nice. <laughs> I didn't expect it from you. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I was like, thanks, but like, well, I don't know. You know, it's like, you know, when you pull into this little town, it's like you see this like shitty building over here and this over here. It's like, I'm impressed. And I'm like, okay, there it is. <laughs> it's like for the first little bit, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, actually, you've been in every other studio. Like, you think you'd yeah. think put I don't some know. pride into it. I guess, I don't know. If someone's like, hey, we have a building in a studio, it's like it could, like old dirty carpet or something. I don't know. Dirt how, how they, what were, like, what were they expecting? Like how, a, I, like a, a bunch w- of like gorilla kettlebells, like a double wide trailer. And... I don't know what what he thought, but 
Uh, what, what were you saying? How did this building come about? You guys just just outgrow? Like, what's yeah. where's the history on? Uh, you know, like. So we had like uh, I was the studio was always like in my house, like in an extra bedroom or whatever. Yeah. So uh, the first one we just did it in a room and like uh, lo- like folding chairs, and then we like all right, we're gonna go get paneling from Lowe's and make it look cool in there, and we did that, and then. Uh, I moved, and then we redid a studio in one of my extra bedrooms and just made it. It was a little bigger, made it a little cleaner, yeah. um, just better look. And then uh, we were having a second kid. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be a kid's bedroom now. Now we got to do something with the studio. So uh, we explored. I was going to actually put up a pole barn and do, like, the first half, like, garage cold storage, and the back half be, like, man cave bedroom, studio, that type of thing. Yeah. But that's when, like – lumber prices were going nuts like you know that started a couple years ago and i'm like man it's gonna cost us crazy money to do this and then we explored uh you ever seen those like prefab little cabins you can get for like eight grand and like people put them on their hunting ground and finish them we i was gonna get one of those and put it next to my garage and do a studio in that but then i'm like then we have people over and i got to go to the bathroom outside and it's cold and it's just awkward and, oh, shit. travis yeah. and i were at your place almost midnight when we that you had mark jury on the on the call that night yeah that was at my house yeah right? man yeah, i remember yeah. and your daughter and your wife were out in the living room and it i mean i could see how they could just be cutting it too close to home and you got guests there that late and all that yeah yeah and it's like it was just time to like find something so uh long story short this used to be a hair salon and I saw in the front, like, windows was a for sale sign. And it had been for sale for, like, oh, I probably lived at my house here for a year and a half. But this this has been for sale the whole time. Well, I don't even remember our buddy Dana Pace that does all our – he's, like, the shed master. He does antler carvings and stuff. He knew the, the family that owned this hair salon. It's like, hey, if you want to go look at it. And anyway, we came and looked at it, and we're like, ooh, I don't know. That took a lot of work. Anyway, we're like, ah, well, it could work. So we made an offer. We settled on the offer and yeah. moved in. So we've been we've been here uh, here in a couple months. It'll be two years. Oh, okay. So and then long. we just bought that building that you get to see next door, the dumpster fire. And then uh, so that we have plans for that, but that's it'll be we're kind of taking our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No so, rush at it. But yeah, yeah like awesome. what we wanted, we wanted a spot where people could come in out of town. Yep. and stay comfortably. Um, a studio built for what we're doing right now yes. like with the vibe and the feel and the space for the mics and we did it. the monitor and stuff and then a bar we had to have a bar entertainment area and tv and music and then a, of course a bathroom and like there's a little mini kitchen back there just to be dangerous enough yeah. and then uh really and it's cool because we do hunting camps i got buddies come in from out of town and we'll they'll stay here for a week and we have like what classic whitetail camp it's a ton of fun yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah it's a sick studio yeah. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Thanks for coming Thanks for down. Coming. Appreciate yeah. you guys coming in the studio. It's something we pride ourselves on because we have this place is having more in-studio guests because we have the spot for it. We had 71 or 72 in-studio guests last year, and I want to beat that this year. So Yeah. Nice. That's the thing. Phone interviews are cool, but they're not that cool. Nah. Yeah. It's not the same. Then enough it. of those. Yeah, definitely not the same. So well, where can people find you guys? You can find us online at uh, www.chasenation.tv. Um, Chase Nation TV YouTube channel. Uh, you can find Chase Nation TV on uh, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, yeah, Facebook. We're all over. Oh, and you can find us on uh, Carbon TV. We have all four of our um, streaming series on Carbon TV. So Taste of the Wild Unscripted Adventures, uh, Visual Storytellers, and Campfire Stories. 
are all there. And then we also uh, stream on KOTV, which is Keys Outdoors Television, on Roku. Awesome. Awesome. Check them out, guys. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. You got everybody good? Well, thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Tons yeah, of fun. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, anytime. You know what to do, guys. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Peace. Peace.